Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is? Huh? Hump day! Good morning, everyone. Happy Hump Day. Great to have you with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN, where it's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsley is here. Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis is here. I'm Randy Carricker. And we're glad that you're tuned in. How are you kids doing this morning? Good. I was kids? very impressed how you just rolled your R's. I can't do that. I, me neither. I, I don't did I do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Rolex, yes. Roll, no, no, you, you, no, no. You, you're, you all are much better at it than I am. One time I bought a $35 Rolex in Tijuana. Oh, I bought one too when I, I was 18. Mine lasted for a while. 17. It did. It like, yeah. I, 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 I was like 16, maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, 15 or 16. Did, yeah, you, did, I, did you fool anyone? Yeah, I, I, I fooled myself. Yeah, me too. That's all it took. <laughs> yeah. It's a mindset, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Thing, I was at a banquet and it just stopped working. I was like, oh. Yeah, that happened. Oh, goodness gracious. Just kept yeah. ticking it. It wasn't, wasn't moving anymore. I was like, oh, yeah. guess this isn't, isn't real. BT tells a story about how he bought one off of a blanket in New York in one of his first trips up to New York. And he's on the plane with Edmonds and Edmonds says, Nice fake Rolex. <laughs> and BT says, hey, how do you know? And he said, well, number one, I have one. And number two, I know you can't afford one. Wow. <laughs> wow. What a, what a great Jim Edmonds story. And I feel like, of course, it would be him, right? Yeah. He would know. He would know. Oh, yeah. He can pick that out. He can, yeah. like, it's just like tipping pitches. Uh, <laughs> he, can, he, can pick, he can pick that out, too. Speaking of the Cardinals, yesterday they uh, were in, in Florida, and they wound up tying the Houston Astros. You can tie. If you tried to end a, a game in a tie in the United States, heck, that might be listed in Revelations as the cause for the apocalypse. <laughs> I don't disagree. Fortunately, it's only spring training. Okay. Right. We, we can tie in spring training, but yeah. regular season tie, oh, what yeah. are we doing? The fact that the NFL has ties just blows it's me away. They, wanna, they don't want people to play too long, <laughs> but yeah. they added an extra game. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. No, just for clarification for everybody, that was Ted Lasso, not yes. Mizzou head coach Eli Drakewitz. Exactly. When we played yeah. that before the, start, the show started, I was like, is that Eli Drakewitz? <laughs> yeah, Sounds I it, just like him. Yeah, I, I never thought of it until you brought it up, but it does sound exactly like Eli. <laughs> We'll have to get a side by side. We'll have to get Eli to say a tie. <laughs> a tie. Pretty, pretty funny. Cardinals only had, only had four hits. Uh, Nolan Gorman had a couple of those. He was two for three with three runs batted in on the day. Singles in the third and sixth inning. So Nolan Gorman, congratulations on not striking out four times. <laughs> he's in a competition. He's working his tail off. Yeah, it's to hard to make not strike sure. out. It, it, I mean, clearly, obviously. Yep. I don't know. I don't think it is, Randy. Tony Gwynn didn't strike out a lot. Yeah, but Tony Gwynn was extraordinarily gifted. I mean, if you're extraordinarily gifted, it's one thing. But if you are not really super gifted... You might strike, swing and miss a lot. I would strike out every single time if you put me up against a major league pitcher. Every (laughs) single time. I might as well. I I might not sit in there if I see that ball looking like it's about to hit my head and and then it's over the plate. That would freak me out. That's one of the things that I don't think we really put into perspective about pro sports. Not... 
there's a reason that they're superstars. Not everybody can do right. everything. Not everybody could blow up a guy on the kickoff team, right? Like like you did. I mm-hmm. couldn't. I don't have the guts. I don't have the courage for it. Nolan Gorman doesn't have the ability to make contact like Paul Goldschmidt does. I don't think. I, I, I don't think. Well, he hasn't shown it yet. No. I thought you were going to say like yeah. Paul DeYoung. No, eh, maybe. Uh, maybe <laughs> uh, Paulie D got scratched yesterday. A little back tightness there. Uh, but you see, kicking a man when he's down. I, you know, I, just, I, I thought he was going to say Paul DeYoung. He said, we don't. We never we never really call him Paul Goldschmidt. We just call him Goldie. Yeah. So when he said yeah. Paul, I was like, DeYoung? Yeah. Okay. Well, it, if you say that somebody doesn't have the ability to go bat to ball as Paul DeYoung does, that person that you're talking about has real problems. <laughs> there you go. And this is just evidence. This is not a, an affront to Paul DeYoung at all. If uh, Paul DeYoung's family, if Paul's listening on the app, I'm just looking at the numbers, a baseball reference. Nothing personal. Nothing at all. Nothing, nothing, at all. nothing personal. Never, never is. Zach Thompson started. He went an inning. Uh, he threw a hitless inning, walked one, and struck out one. I would think that Zach Thompson is probably geared towards being one of the lefties out of the bullpen, wouldn't you guys think? I think we, yeah, I think I had him on my list as one of the guys that would be in there. You did you have Zach Thompson on yours? You had three lefties, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, Zach Brooke Thompson had, was one of my guys. Yeah. And Cabrera, who's pitching well mm-hmm. in the World Baseball Classic, those were the two that I had. Two other left-handed relievers followed: Packy Norton and Andrew Suarez, with identical. Uh, scoreless frames. Jake Woodford gets shaken up in the sixth, three and two-thirds, three hits. All earned runs, all three of them, two walks and four Ks. And the Cardinals and Mets today will play at noon down in Florida. The NCAA first four, sorry about those uh, Southeast Missouri State. Are they the Red Hawks? Yep. Yes. Okay. Weren't they the Bears before? No, they were, no, the, the, they were the Indians. State. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they were the Indians. Okay. Yeah. So, Texas A&M Corpus, should I not even say Indians anymore? They used to be. No, I just, I'm just, I just I, in my mind, they've been... Like, the I, Red I, Hawks. I, I, they, there's been the Red Hawks the entire yeah. time. I completely forgot about that. Stupid switch. If you're going <laughs> to change from Indians, come up with a good name. Like, anyway. Like Guardians. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> or, if you're, or if you're Carrie's other team, just, you know, give him the mascot and keep the name. No, yeah. I, I, and truthfully, I, I'm still bothered by that. Patrick, my son, ha- because we went and watched the Guardians play last week, and we were talking about the name change. And I wondered, I said to him, I said, why do you think they would go from Indians to Guardians? And he said, maybe they were just so mad that they couldn't sell Chief Wahoo stuff anymore <laughs> that they said, we're going to pick something completely stupid. <laughs> and go with that. that, that yeah. There you go. That makes sense. You're saying they didn't pick the spiders out of spite. <sighs> right. That would have been perfect. Cleveland Spiders has been there before. I, I, I'm so I'm bothered by they did it, but the fact that you're saying it's because of spite well, is could fantastic. Be. Could be. Yeah, you never know. Back anyway. in my hometown, they started when they started bringing in new schools, they started changing the name so that you wouldn't have any controversy. Mm-hmm. Which is very progressive for Tennessee, by the way. And they, they changed, like, I'm trying to think. They they had one school named Siegel, and their mascot was the, mascot was the Stars, Siegel mm-hmm. Stars, Blackman Blaze, which is where David Price went. Okay. And then I went to Oakland That's a, Patriots. Okay, B-L-A-Z-E, was it? The, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you were the Patriots? Yes. How does that make you feel? Uh, very patriotic. <laughs> Team USA. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not the guys in New England. Well, okay. we, would, we would always that's make who, fun of the Randy other schools so. because it's like your mascot is a star. Mm-hmm. What is that? Yeah, or a fighter. Shout, shout out to McClure North. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <I'm sorry. laughs> or not. Uh, 
and Corpus Christi did knock out SEMO 75-71. And in a wild game, Pitt eliminated Mississippi State. This game was never far apart. It was unbelievable. It was just back and forth all night long, always within two or three points. Pittsburgh beats Mississippi State and eliminates Mississippi State 60-59. to Your St. Louis Blues back in action tonight against the Wild. An 8.30 puck drop, 7.30 faceoff here, uh, 7.30 pregame here on 101 ESPN. And Alexei Toropchenko wasn't able to practice yesterday in preparation for this game. Here is head coach Craig Berube. Just love to see how he is tomorrow. He's got uh, upper body, so he wasn't able to practice today. Upper body for Toropchenko. However, there might be some good news about Jake Neighbors. Yeah, actually did some contact stuff today and things like that. So he's he's looking pretty good. He's shooting a puck pretty good now. So that's a good sign. So let's see if Neighbors can get in there against the Wild. That's one of the guys they really need to see. And now I need to see whether or not Jake Neighbors can play for an extended period consecutively. Yeah, you want to get these guys some opportunities. I mean, you know where the season is headed. Uh, you know what the offseason – you have an idea what the offseason is going to look like. You got tra- you got draft picks, potentially trading some of those draft picks or, or bringing in some free agents. But you got to figure out if guys can actually play. And we – as a, as a player, that's what I said. You don't want to lose games. You don't want to perform poorly because – your agenda may not be the same as the front office's agenda. Your agenda is making sure you do well enough to have a job for the coming years. I thought Jake Davis has been pretty impressive when he has been up. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like he's made the most of this opportunity when he does get the chance. It seems like a lot of the times, too, they didn't have him in. One, you didn't have space at times, especially with guys coming in and out. But two, because they just didn't want him to be around that bad environment for a while. Yeah. Even Barubi mentioned that. There was just no point, and it was better for him to get reps in Springfield. So I like that he gets another chance so that we can see what it would look like with him going into next season. And it's interesting because I think if you have him <laughs> – I think you have a better potential, significantly better potential top six. Because if you can put Thomas between Kairou and Neighbors and then have Butchnevich with, and I'm just using number names here, I'm not putting together lines, but Butchnevich with Shen and uh, maybe Kapanen. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you have Vrana, and you, you, you can do some mix and match. I, I, I just think you have a better ch- – Neighbors gives you a better chance to have top six forwards. I actually like the the, the third line with Saad, Shin, and Blaze. I, I think that they work well together. They do. And they have they have the ability to score, but you're going to get kind of that rough-and-tumble style of play. They're not afraid to, to, to hit people. I like them, those three together, and if Neighbors is uh, healthy and able to play, you know, I, I think him – if he's a top six – forward that that'd be awesome selfishly i'm still waiting on him to have success so we can get the state farm commercial going yeah like your good neighbor jake from state farm we can get all that going in the right direction and you want to have alexi torpchenko back too i mean he's been fantastic especially with that top line but even like baruby moving him around too he was a result he put him on a shift with pitlick which resulted in that pitlick goal on sunday night the, his physical presence is so needed right now for the Blues, and it makes a difference every single line that you put him on. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. And, Go ahead. No, Sorry. I was going to say I agree with you. Uh, yesterday, Panger was talking about a potential fourth line with Alexandrov and Toropchenko, and I'm not sure who he had in the middle of that. It might have been Logan Brown. I'm, I'm not positive. But you, you have enough. You, what you need is you need – 18 and 25 to become legitimate superstars. And it, it'd help if 89 would. But if you have a line with Thomas, 
neighbors Kairu. A second line with Buchnevich, Vrana, and uh, Kapanen. And then that third line that you're talking about, mm-hmm. CB, uh, with Blay, Saad, Shen, at least you, that's serviceable. That That's enough so that if you get what you can possibly get out of that group. You could be that could be playoff type forwards. I think that is. I think you you have everything. You have your playmakers on your top six. You got your kind of <laughs> glue guys that are on the third line, and in that fourth line, if that does, if Torbchenko is on that fourth line, we know what he has brought to this team: a physical nature, a guy that's going to get to the front of the net, and he's going to do all of the things the right way. He's going to get back, skate back on defense. You have a a more solid roster um, than maybe what you even had at the beginning of the year because guys are younger and able to play at a, at a pace that they want to play at now. It was an interesting week leading up to the trade deadline when Doug Armstrong brought in Kasperi Kapanen on waivers from Pittsburgh and then made the t- trade for Jakob Vrana. Craig Ruby was asked how those two have changed the DNA of this team. Definitely. Yeah, way more. Yeah, more quickness and um, more skill. That's the best way I can put it. And they really didn't pay a high price for more quickness and more skill. So hopefully those guys can rise to the level of their potential rather than just sit there being potentially good players. Yeah, and Barubi even said going into the games this weekend that he wanted his guys to drive more towards the net, right? And what did you see? Mm-hmm. They do it. They were doing that, and it resulted in goals. And that's what it, that's what it felt like the difference was this past weekend is the guys were actually battling for each other. Mm-hmm. It resulted in you know, back-to-back wins, and yes, they lost on Sunday, but to me, it didn't compare to some of the other losses we've seen. At least in that loss, I felt like you came away saying, well, it, they battled. There there was a weird goal. Brooke, I think <laughs> that, that's, yeah. that's a Blues end of the 2023 season loss. Playing as well as they really can mm-hmm. against a better team. That they just, even if the Blues play their A game, most times they aren't going to beat a team like Vegas. If I'm Craig Berube, it's amazing that he still has any hair left on his head and hasn't pulled it all out because there are times as a coach when you are just beating the table and telling your guys, do this and we will have a chance, and they're not doing it, and you're losing, and you're losing eight-game losing streaks, Mm -hmm. seven-game losing streaks, and then for some reason something clicks and they start to do it, and you're like – Oh, I guess I do know what I'm talking about, huh? I, I tell my players all the time, you know, I didn't just watch YouTube videos about football. I, I actually <laughs> played the game and studied the game a little bit. I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't pick up one of those uh, what, what is do-it-yourself books? What is it? The the the, yeah, the for dummies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Football, yeah for fo- football for dummies. Yeah. I, I didn't read a couple of those and figure out. I, I actually know <laughs> what I'm talking about. So if you listen, you'll have success. And I'm sure Craig Berube has had some of those moments when he gets home. He's like. Why the hell don't they just listen, man? Just do what I'm asking you to do, and we'll have more success. Uh, that simple. But he has to be at least happy with this weekend yeah. that you see the guys coming together as a group. Kasperi and Vrana have brought like that new energy that you need as well, and it seems like it's benefited them, especially as you move forward. And you mentioned 89 earlier with Pavel Buchnevich. Mm-hmm. I think he's a superstar now. I agree. He's played what is it, like 12 fewer games than Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, and he is just right there, barely behind them in points. He's been fantastic, so I'm excited to see where he even takes it next season, too. Yeah, I agree with you, and I, I picked him as a team MVP this year. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So I, I, I always like the skill set, and I, I really think that he's becoming a hell of a player. Brooke, Kerry, Randy, we're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, there's a report that Congress of the United States is going to look into the name, image, likeness of college sports. That's next on 101 ESPN.
back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I find it very interesting that every single coach you talk to in college sports says that name, image, likeness, and the transfer portal as a pairing are essentially the Wild West, that there are no rules. And it really came to light for me a couple of months ago, guys, when a quarterback who was going to attend the University of Miami had a $13 million NIL deal fall apart and decided to not go to Miami. And there are so many other things. Every uh, scholarship offensive lineman at Texas gets 50 grand. Now, it's 50 grand for charity, but it's still, it's, it's 50 grand. You have Quinn Ewers, the quarterback from the state of Texas, but NIL wasn't allowed in Texas in his freshman year. So he goes to Ohio State, makes a million and a half bucks, plays seven snaps for the Buckeyes. In the interim, while Quinn Ewers is playing at Ohio State, Texas changes their laws to allow <laughs> NIL. He leaves Ohio State with his million and a half bucks in his pocket yep. and goes back to the University of Texas. And now, by the way, he'll probably get passed up by Arch Manning. But federal lawmakers are going to take the first steps towards considering legislation for NIL. A spokesman for the House Energy and Commerce Committee told ESPN that it plans to host a hearing to discuss name, image, likeness uh, of college athletes on March 29th. The first question here is should Congress be getting involved in what people are making? That's, I think, an essential question that that we need to ask. I don't know if we can answer it. Brooke, what do you think? I would say no in a lot of ways. This is very, this is a very complex issue that is going on here. We kind of discussed this yesterday after the show is I think the NCAA in a lot of ways didn't want NIL to succeed because you basically set these players up with no rules. It's the wild, wild west. And they can't have any help from the, their colleges. And they can have help from outside. But we know once you get people from outside coming in, you never know what their true intentions are. It just felt like the NCAA never really wanted this to work. And I think what's going on here is they're trying to make sure that it doesn't get to the point where players are employees essentially where they deserve a salary all that kind of stuff i mean in in the past especially there's been cases that have gone on in the past with this with former players college athletes trying to fight basically to say that we deserve to get paid because we're we're being treated as employee you expect us to show up yeah Yeah. you expect us to show up at a certain time we have to do all these different things yes you're a student but I think we all know, especially with college sports, are you really a student athlete or are you just an athlete that happens to be a student, especially if you're playing at elite level in college? And this all started, Ed O'Bannon, college basketball player at UCLA, mm-hmm. is playing as himself on mm-hmm. a video game. He's saying, I'm not getting anything out of this. Nope. So Ed O'Bannon files a lawsuit against the NCAA and says, hey, I'd, you know, you're using my name, image, likeness, and I'm not getting anything out of it. That's not fair. And... The NCAA had multiple opportunities to reach a reasonable agreement with players. This wound up going to the Supreme Court, and the NCAA lost at the Supreme Court level. And that's when the genie left the bottle, and basically all the rules went out the window. Yeah. And 
like Brooke said, there are, there are no rules right now. But it seems like if you're going to be able to maintain a quality of product, you ha- you yes, you have to pay the players, but there has to be a rule in place too. Well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think if you are able to make thirteen million dollars, then you know if someone wants to pay you that, then you should be able to be paid that. I don't think there should be a cap. There's not a cap on anything else in the in the country in terms of how much you can make. We we are a capitalist society, right? Most people care about how much money you make, and they don't care to stop anyone from making as much money as they can make. And here in the with with these young men and women in co- collegiate sports, you're saying, okay, you can get. You can make profits off of your name, image, and likeness, but you can only make this much. Well, I just showed you. Uh, uh, I showed you and Brooke mm-hmm. a picture of me when I was in college. The 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 game, the NCAA game. I was rated ninety. I was the highest player on our team. So should I get less than someone, or as much as the same amount as someone that's rated a seventy? No, I should be paid what I play. So to me, I don't understand why. That Congress feels the need. Actually, I do understand why Congress feels the need because NCAA chair, uh, board chair Linda Linda Livingston wants these rules in place, not only to have NIL standard the rules in place, but to also protect the organization from retroactive lawsuits from athletes who were denied the ability to make money from NIL opportunities in the past. There you go. That's the reason why they want to have Congress involved. They don't want to get sued. They don't want to have to pay out what the players are getting paid now, but also say, hey, Kerry Davis, you were rated a 90 in, in NCAA in 2004. You should get paid X amount of dollars from past uh, uh, money that you missed out on. And that's really the main reason why they are trying to go to the Congress and have them take care of this. And Kerry, there is a lot of examples out there, as I mentioned, of past lawsuits, legislation that's happened versus the NCAA for that exactly. I think everyone should look at the Johnson versus NCAA case. In that one, the NCAA did win, and they said that basically when it comes to athletes playing in college, that the NCAA and its lawyers have argued in court documents that playing a sport in college is not work done in exchange for compensation. They say it is instead a part of the educational experience for athletes on campus. Yeah. To make athletes employees of their schools, some members have argued, is not affordable for more, most college athletic departments. That part took me out because I think anybody who's going to college right now knows, one, no matter basically anywhere you're going, it's expensive. And even I went to Middle Tennessee, not the big school in Tennessee, and it it costs more than I thought that it should. And there was constantly projects going on. And to me, it's like you are making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're uh, making tons of money. A lot of money. Right. And just from the... <laughs> perspective of maintaining a semblance of, and there really has never been a semblance of parity in college sports, but a semblance of it. If the NCAA wants to reasonably affect the way that schools pay athletes, and I agree with you guys, if athletes can get $13 million from outside sources, more power to them. But what the NCAA needs to do then is put teeth in the transfer portal and allow only, number one, every NIL contract has to be a one-year contract, one year, and then Mm -hmm. you move on. And then you have to allow one move for the players, but then a second move, they have to sit a year. And the NCAA can implement that if they want. And I think that would help because that way if you buy a player – if you're Texas A&M and you go out and buy a player mm-hmm. and he leaves after a year, tough. But then if that player wants to be a, 
My quarterback Daniels that bounced around. It was USC, yeah. Georgia, West yeah. Virginia. Wound up four schools. He wound up playing for. Those players, I don't think, are good for the product. Yeah, I, I mean, I know kids that have transferred two, three, four schools and and are still, you know, and and with COVID, they can play up to mm-hmm. six years. A lot of those guys in the last few years were playing up to six years, so there was a lot of movement. I do agree with you know one time transfer, but when you get to two, three, four transfers, it's probably not the the situation. It's probably you mm-hmm. and not being able to take care of your business or or just not feeling like you're you might not be good enough. Yeah, <laughs> that might be the bottom line, and somebody might need to tell you that. But when it comes to the NIL, I just feel like, you know, NCAA is going to do everything in their power to make sure that they keep the power. And right now, when you're able to pay 30 kids, however much you want, and they're the best 30 kids. Now, Texas A&M paid a lot of kids a lot of money. It didn't really pan out well for them mm-hmm. in their in their season for football last year. They didn't have a, a, a great successful season. But they are able to or and have been able to pay a lot of kids to come to their university and maybe in years to come it'll be it'll be better once they get a few years under them but I I don't think you should be able to stop anyone from receiving whatever their worth is and Carrie you played Brooke you grew up in SEC country NIL has always been in place yes. it's oh always been played yes. right under yeah. now we just know everyone knows it's out in the open and this is my this is my question for you guys how do you think because my biggest concern with NIL when it came out, I thought it was great. I think that college athletes should always have been able to own their own name, image, and likeness. How many schools have you gone to where you see like these athletes plastered everywhere? And they're promoting mm-hmm. them. We have also Selling jerseys. Yeah, we've <laughs> also seen research where literally school attendance goes up for universities that have like really good sports programs because you know students want to have that yep. fan fun experience. Yep. My concern was I knew that the NCAA really didn't want this to succeed. They wanted it to fail in a lot of ways. And I don't think even in this instance, it's about helping the student athletes. It's more about protecting them from having to pay their student athletes. That's what it feels like. So how do you move forward with this where these student athletes are protected? Because my biggest concern with the NIL was you're going to have some people coming in and try to take advantage. And there's really nobody that's allowed to help them. When it comes to the university, I went to the University of Illinois and there was a young man that came there and and was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, was one of the best point guards. You go to the mall, you see his jerseys at Foot Locker. D. Brown Mm -hmm. was one of the best point guards in the country and and one of the best point guards in, in NCAA basketball history. The amount of money that D could have made if this was in place right now, he could he could still could have been and still could be a there based off of his his ability to play college basketball. And so what you're what you're you can't take that away from D Brown because he's mm-hmm. spectacular at his job, and you know the next man is not as good. It's just it is what it is. I. I I couldn't imagine how much, how many things that young man could have gotten while he was in college, and and what it would have cut, what it could have done for the rest of his life. He's coaching basketball now, but you get a million dollars at at 21 years old. Maybe you start a business. Maybe that business grows to be a 10 million, 20 million dollar business. Who knows? But all of these things are the things that are possible, and. 
to to take that away from a young man or a young woman, I think is is absolutely crazy. It'll be interesting to see the NCAA actually having to testify before Congress. Brooke, Carrie, Randy, coming up. It is Wednesday. It is Hump Day, and it is time for Ask Uncle Randy. I know you might have missed last week, but I am back. Cousins Brooke and Carrie are here. Give us a text, 314-399-9646. That's 314-399-YO-HO. Ask Uncle Randy coming your way on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's springtime, and I know how you're feeling, fellas. That's why you need to text in to Uncle Randy. I know how you're feeling. You have to ask me how you can deal with those feelings, the feels that you have right now. 314-399-9646. Brooke is here. Carrie is here to add some perspective to your questions and my answers. Just text in now, and we want to hear from you. All right, Matthew, what do... Well, what do the fellows have to say? And the young you're, ladies, of you're course. You're still a cousin, right, Carrie? Oh, uh, yeah. Cousin Carrie. You're, yeah. not, you're, not, you're not an Uncle Carrie? No, 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 no. I'm still cousin Carrie. Ridiculous. All right. Dear Uncle Randy and Cousin Carrie, I love all St. Louis sports, but I would really like to get into the NBA. How do I go about picking a team to root for? Cousin Carrie. I don't know why we're getting, letting <laughs> Carrie poison this <laughs> man's mind. Listen, I like winners. Oh, my uh, God. And so, therefore, you should find a team. That has a young core. I, I'm not gonna go with my my team because they, Kings. Hey, nah, oh come they, on, they scare me because they don't have any history of ever winning anything. So you can't say Sacramento Kings, but find a younger team. Yeah, maybe you want to go with the Boston Celtics. They have a young core. They went to a championship last year. They didn't win. Uh, find St. a Louis team, guy. St. Louis guy. Find a team that has a young core uh, and, and watch their games because when you are able to watch the majority of the games of, of one player, uh, it changes your view and your perspective of how that how good or, or not good that player is. I, like I said, I've said it many times, I got to watch Michael Jordan on WGN every single night. Mm-hmm. When I moved to LA, I got to watch Kobe every single night. And it really just changes your view of how good to watch him do it every single night instead of you know every other week on TNT mm-hmm. or ESPN. It really changes your your view and gives you more of a uh, appreciation for how good these guys are. Another one for us that have an opportunity on a regular basis to watch athletes like we got to see Albert in his prime and we're seeing Goldie and Arenado now and they want to be here. 
there isn't a better person or player than Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, with the Bucks. Yeah. Small market, close to here, Midwest, and Giannis wants to be there. It's a good team, and so uh, the Bucks are another good one. But what you want to do is find a guy, a player that you're prepared to make an emotional investment there you in. Go. I think that's the best way to do it because the NBA is so star-driven. So find the, the guy. Preferably a good player. Yeah. Like a really good player. Yeah, that, that helps. <laughs> Don't listen to Carrie. Light the beam and run with the Sacramento and, and Kings. And by the way, my daughter, throughout the course of her young adulthood, has been a KD fan. So she has gone from the Thunder to the Warriors to the Nets and now to the, uh, the Suns. But she has even before KD got there, was a New Jersey Nets fan. New mm. Jersey, New York, Brooklyn Nets fan. And she's still, Mikhail Bridges is off to an incredible start. So every night, KD is watching the Nets in addition to, well, that, KD. Yeah, that's the thing. Playing really much. Don't let yourself, <laughs> like, let yourself hit a player and then maybe glom onto that team. Yep. And if that player misses, don't be afraid to jump to a different one. I have two or three teams that I follow, and they've gotten good players, you know, fluctuating over the last 15 years. And so I've I've gone what with them. Those teams, and by right? the way, I most start, people I, I, don't I have... A Nuggets fan. Yeah, most people no. in St. Louis don't have that level of moral flexibility. No. no. Right? To, <laughs> exactly. To they support the f- a Stan Kroenke-owned <laughs> team. My point being, they were the first team I ever liked, and I came yeah. back to them once they got another yeah. great player. They, they had 38,310 <laughs> at the Dome on Sunday. 38,309 were chanting Cronky sucks. sucks. Yeah. The other, the other one was right across from us. <laughs> Can't chant in the press box. Hey, Randy. A few weeks ago, I texted Uncle Randy. Excuse me. I texted in uh, saying that my wife is pregnant. Well, we just found out that we're expecting twins. Oh. We were prepared awesome. for one, but two babies brings on so much more. I'm still in shock, and I just need Uncle Randy to tell me everything's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be okay. And text back and tell us if this is your first children, because I know a lot of people that have twins. My buddy Mike Kelly, voice of the Missouri Tigers, twins. Joe Buck, twins. Uh, I I know a lot of people. But the people that had twins first say that it's so much easier because you don't know how difficult what you're dealing with Mm -hmm. is. But if you have one and then you have two two after, you say, man, this is unbelievable how hard this is. So I'm hoping for your sake that this is your first babies, and you just have fun with it. That's the thing is just uh, nurture them. They're defenseless, and your job is to bring them into the world, teach them, because when they, when they come out of that womb, everything they see is for the first time. So teach them about the world and make them happy. Brooke, you had a good point yesterday about having not being an only child. So you just, <laughs> please, please give your children more than one child if you're able to. I was an only child, mm-hmm. and I was always so jealous of people who had siblings. And look, I know not every sibling relationship is perfect, mm-hmm. but I just always thought that was cool that you had a built-in best friend. My fiance is also a twin, mm-hmm. and seeing how close their relationship is. I feel like that's perfect because his parents just stopped after that because many people just want what two kids, mm-hmm. right? And then you just get it done. My yeah. mother, my mother is a twin. My father is a twin. Oh so wow! My dad, I twin identical. They're, they're identical brothers. My uh, mother had twin sister. So having having twins is a. Uh, Awesome. How you haven't had twins? I'm pretty sure your parents beat like crazy odds in yes. not having twins themselves. Yes, yes. I think it's like a 50 percent chance yeah. or something like that. It's crazy. Wow. Awesome, uh, dear Uncle Randy. I had a huge fall with two of my siblings around Christmas last year. We haven't spoke since, and now going on three months of not talking, and I still have yet to feel the urge to reach out to them. My life has been less stressful, and I don't feel like I'm missing out on my relationship. Should I be the bigger person and reach out, or am I okay by putting me and the family I have first and let them repair the relationship if they want to? Mm, you are right on board there 
you love you and your family first. And yes, you hate the fact that you have a dysfunctional situation and that you might have issues with siblings. But no, don't be the bigger person. Do what makes you happy. Because if that's going to stress you out, that is not going to add to your quality of life. End of the day, here's what you have to ask yourself. Does this activity add to my quality of life? If it does add to your quality of life, do it. If it doesn't, don't do it. Kids? I I agree 100%. It, it, family, friends, loved ones, come one, come all. If it causes you stress in your personal life, uh, yeah, you, you should you should remove those things and not have to, uh, you know, not argue, not fuss and cuss with people. Just, you know, go about your day. If you have an issue, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. You know, maybe we can come to an agreement. If not, then if it's going to be an argument every time we talk, mm-hmm. then maybe we shouldn't talk as much. I think, I think especially nowadays, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was, I was taking a nice walk and I was like, you know what? I feel like we're expected to be so in tune with everything that you have to interact with lots of different people, which can affect your energy, even your peace, your space, all that kind of stuff. You don't have to entertain everybody, especially if they're not respectful of your space, your time, your energy. Yes. Move on from that. Yeah. Do things ultimately that make you happy. Gonna go to another one here. Dear Uncle Randy, I work in HR and I travel 25% of the time to our satellite offices. My girlfriend and I are ready to get married. However, she says she will not until I'm no longer traveling. I love this job and the travel really isn't that bad, but it would be hard to start over with someone else. What should I do? That travel isn't bad. And don't make the mistake of getting into a marriage where she can't or can't be or isn't happy. If you like the job, 25% of the time is not terrible. And that's, to me, a pretty core aspect to the relationship. If if she doesn't want to marry you until you leave a job that you like, I don't think that that's fair for her. And so I would suggest that you stick with her and try to work through this. And obviously, you are gone 25% of the time now, so you're able to coexist and you're considering marriage. So... At this point, it doesn't seem so bad. I would wait until it reaches ahead and see if she can get her arms around the fact that you are gone 25% of the time. I think it's important for people to be self-sufficient enough to be able to be happy without their spouse or partner on hand. I think that's a really important aspect to life. I agree. I agree. Yeah. You shouldn't have to depend on somebody else to find your own happiness, right? Yeah. And is it 25%? I mean... I don't think that's terrible. No, I don't either. That's no. a perfect amount. But it's just dependent on whatever's going on in your relationship yeah. and all that kind of stuff, too. Yeah. I, I Let's be honest here, kids. You don't want to be together 100% of the time. That's my God, like, no. I wouldn't, I, like, that <laughs> wouldn't bother. If I was this person's significant other, this wouldn't bother me at all. I'd be like, hey, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Davis. <laughs> The 100% is a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. I agree. It's a lot. 100%. Some people are bad at being alone. Some people are bad at like, some people are bad at being alone. Some people are good at it. I think that's a fair, and that's, and listen, you shouldn't feel bad if you're one or the other. That's just who you are. You've got a phone. (laughs) Everybody carries a phone. 
Hey, guys, I, uh, <laughs> jury duty the other day, 54 people at our panel. There was a person, an old lady, that didn't have a phone, didn't have a cell phone. Oh, one, one out of 54. And I bet she has a very peaceful life. I'll bet she does. I bet she does. Peaceful. <laughs> I get home, if you called, I'll check the answering machine or not. I won't talk to anybody until I get home. <laughs> Done with my day. <laughs> hey, we do appreciate your, your questions for Ask Uncle Randy. Always good to provide some advice here. And, uh, hey, just... At the end of the day, I really I mean this, and I've told you guys this. When I get in the shower, I tell myself every morning, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to enjoy my life today. And so be happy. That's the most important thing for you, whether it's out, your family. Every family is dysfunctional, every single one of them. And so it, whether, whatever stress they might apply, be happy, whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, whatever. Uh, just find a way to be happy. All right. Carrie, Brooke, Randy, coming up next, we are going to talk. Uh, oh, we've got to take it or leave it. And get more texts in. 314-399-9646-101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. We do welcome your texts to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, and I think we were all universal during the offseason in wanting the Cardinals to re-sign Jose Quintana, who got a two-year deal with the Mets for $26 million. Well, he won't make his Mets debut until at least July because of a stress fracture in his rib. There was a lesion on the rib, too, and the tests came back benign. But take it or leave it, in not signing... Jose Quintana to a two-year deal for more than $26 million. The Cardinals dodged a bullet. I'll, I'll take it, especially with, with what I've seen from Steven Matt so far mm-hmm. this, this spring. Uh, I think we didn't see this version of him last year, uh, so hopefully he has a little bit more, you know, a little more pop than than what Quintana brought in, and you know, from the left-handed side, hopefully we get the same, if not better, results. Well, I'll take it just for the fact of this happening, but you could never predict that that would happen, yeah. right? Because I, I think that they should have re-signed him. I'll still stand by that. The This injury, how could you predict that that was going to happen? But now it works out perfectly for the Cardinals. Yeah, and he had been a pretty durable guy, too. <laughs> yeah. But it's just looking now at what we do know at the moment, I'm going to say that they did dodge a bullet. Leon Dreisaitl got his 100th point the other day. Connor McDavid, his teammate, has 129 points. They're the only two players in the NHL with over 100 points. Take it or leave it. If you had two Blues with over 100 points, the fans would be livid that that team only had 37 wins. I'll take that. Yeah, I will. You, you, you something they got to figure something out, right? Yeah, and they are they're, they're third in the Pacific right yeah. now, so they'll be a playoff team. That if they don't make the playoffs, yeah. it'll be a complete disaster. Yeah. But yes, you need to be better than that. There's no way. This is what Doug Armstrong is. There's no way if Doug Armstrong had those two players on the team that they would have only 82 points and trail yes. Vegas by eight. Yes. Because he would build a better team around those guys. Oh, 100%. I'll take that, too. 
So mine, I don't know if you guys have seen, if you guys follow, follow Kevin Weeks on Twitter, but there's been this animation popping up of Kevin Weeks involved. ESPN and Disney have taken like this next step, I guess, in tech where they're kind of launching this little animated broadcast that's geared towards kids. <laughs> I think that that is more beneficial to the game or games, and I'm talking about not just hockey, other things like that, to do that kind of stuff rather than let's make all these crazy graphics, do interviews like in the midst of a game, all these other stuff to kind of gear, like they said, towards kids to make the game faster and more entertaining. I think that's a better step in the right direction because you're building a fan base really young. And Kevin Weeks, he's hilarious. He's fun. And already seeing it, I'm like, I'm entertained. I want to watch it. I think it's a good idea. I'll take it. I was watching. It was the Rangers. Who did the Rangers play last night? The was it the Capitals? Uh, not yeah. Yeah, they were the, uh, last. I think they went four two. Yeah, Laddie had an assist. Um, and they had the big city greens. Like my yeah. kids watch big city greens, so I'm watching ESPN as they're showing you know how they're going to play the game on Nickelodeon yep. for Big City Greens. It was pretty cool. I think if you have kids that watch Big City Greens that are inter, you know, interested in, in hockey, that would be something that they would definitely sit down and pay attention to. I'll take it as well. Cultivate a young viewership, especially with a fast game. I think they have a better opportunity to cultivate that viewership than baseball, for example, does. All right, let's get a couple of texts before we get to A.J. McCarron of the Battlehawks. What do we have, uh, Matthew? Well, speaking of which, take it or leave it, the Battlehawks take take over first place in the XFL on Saturday. Take, take it, yeah, no I'll doubt. I'll take it, too. <laughs> take it or leave it. The people saying they would not pay Lamar because of his play style with injuries are idiots because both of his injuries have been while well in the pocket. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take it. If you don't want to pay Lamar, you are... If he doesn't get a contract, I hope he sits out. Yeah, and I don't think that it's a situation where they don't want to pay Lamar. I just don't think that they want to give him the guaranteed money. And I I would argue that his his style, because he does get tackled a lot, does lend itself to having a greater ability to suffer an injury than if he were a pocket quarterback. Take it or leave it. The Cardinals will win 98 games or more this year. Leave it. Take it. You've got them winning the World Series. Yeah, yeah. so they uh, have to. Yeah. Yeah. I've got them winning it all, buddy. I think they're a 94-95 win team, though, right now, if they don't have injuries. Take it or leave it. The RSN bankruptcy ends up affecting the NHL more than the other sports. Take it. I'm going to yes. take that yeah. as well. It's 100%. I feel like baseball will be fine, and it seems like they've even mentioned that as well. Mm-hmm. It's the NHL that seems to be worrying about what that means for their future. And especially with the cap and with the contracts that they have yeah. in place, it could be a real issue. I mean, what, what do we say about the NHL? It's regional. What's the what's the R in RSN? Yeah, it's regional. A that's, a yeah. Pro- that's a problem right yeah, there. It really is. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Coming up next, Battlehawks quarterback A.J. McCarron joins the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. This is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by Sumner One. Third and seven. McCarron has a receiver. Caught. Touchdown, St. Louis, and a flag on the play. That is pro. Back foot, shot to Butler. Hakeem Butler to the 20, trying to leg it, and he's got it. St. Louis has taken the lead. Pressure from the left. McCarron lets it go deep. Caught. Touchdown, St. Louis, Darius Shepard. 
with Brooke Grimsley and Steelers Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Your St. Louis Battlehawks with quarterback A.J. McCarron will welcome the D.C. Defenders to town Saturday night at the Dome at America Center. Tickets still available. Go to XFL.com. And joining us now is the quarterback of your Battlehawks, A.J. McCarron. Good morning, sir. How you doing? AJ, you got us? Yeah, got you. Good morning. Great to have you with us. How you doing? I'm good. How are y'all? Great, thanks. AJ, obviously oh. the atmosphere was electric this past weekend. Can you just describe what it felt like? Did it surpass your expectations and even the team's expectations? Because I'm sure you guys talked about it going into that game. Yeah, we knew it was going to be a, you know, a huge crowd. Um I mean, and and you kind of hear rumblings of you know how how many people they're expecting, and uh, I, I think the the media side of our of our team um, with with Brian and uh, you know one of our marketing girls Christina that talked to and um, you know just what they're hearing and and how many tickets they're expecting to sell and everything so. Um, listen, it was an unbelievable atmosphere and uh, something that we were, you know, really looking forward to to come out not only play in front of but play well for too. AJ, I want to take you back to uh, the game where it's three three tie right before halftime. You connect with Darius Shepard on a on a corner route. When you see that look from the defense, I, I'm looking at the play now. You got trips left. You got the safety over to the right, <laughs> and and you know right off the bat that they're in single co- single man, they're single high uh, man coverage. You know exactly what you're going to. What was your thought process when you saw them aligned that way, and and when the ball left your hand, what you thought was going to happen? Yeah, I mean it was. Uh... You know, just a, a look we wanted, um, something that we we work on a lot. And, um, you know, Bruce made a, a unbelievable call. And then, you know, having the, the trust between me and him for uh, to, to change a certain route uh, to something that we want even more versus that look. And, um, you know, that, that's a, the thing about having – uh, Hakeem Butler over to our right, one on one, kind of draws the safety that way. So um, it, it ended up being a huge, a huge play for us, and uh, unbelievable route by Darius, and uh, a big play right before the half. AJ, here you are at the age of 32 playing in the XFL. Obviously, you love the game. How much fun has it been to get back under center and to lead a team again? Oh, it's been a blast. Like, I mean, it's, you know, what you play the game for. And um, when I started football at the age of three, like, uh, it's just playing for fun because you want to and um, you want to go out there and uh, win as as many games as possible. So um, it's just been a pure blast to be a part of this this team. Um you know, I've said it multiple times. Like we have an unbelievable group of guys, and there isn't a bad guy on this team. And it's it's so much fun coming to work every day and being at practice and being around our staff. Um, you know, AB a- has done an unbelievable job of uh, just 
getting a awesome staff and, and a group of guys that love being here and love teaching and um, it's just been so much fun more than I, I, I could have ever expected. AJ, what about, you know, just a huge game for two kind of natives? You have Brian Hill from East St. Louis and Austin Prohl, obviously, with his father there as well. Did you get to talk to Austin and Ricky about what it meant to them to come back to St. Louis and play in the Dome? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it. you always talk to RP and, and listen to me and uh, RP and, and AP spend enough time with each other. Uh Every week, like we're—I mean, every night we're up there uh, watching film together, going over a route um, along with other guys, or we're going out to eat. We're talking about old memories and everything about games he played in, memories he had there. Uh, hell, we even had a, a conversation about turf um, and just did he—was he able to play? Uh, a snap on that turf that that they laid out for us, um, but uh, I mean, just having those times. I mean, it's it's awesome to hear you know how much success RP had um, playing in the dome, and then um, and to see AP having the success he's having, and he's an unbelievable dude, uh, one of my best friends, and um, and and then for Brian B Hill, it's. Uh, it's just awesome to, to see a hometown hero and him come back and, and have us have our best rushing game by far. Um, and the, and the O line putting it all together and B Hill running as hard as he did was, um, something special to see. Yeah. He even said afterwards that he had like, what, like 50 plus friends and family there to watch him. So I think they accounted for a lot of those fans out there too. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm sure he had a uh, a huge crowd, and I'm sure he'll have a even bigger crowd af- after that game. Um, you know, this week we're talking with St. Louis BattleHawks quarterback AJ McCarron. AJ, how important is it? You talked about Bruce Gradkowski. You talked about AB Anthony Beck. How important is it to have guys like that with you, coaching you, that have been through the fire, played in the league, and really understand the ins and outs of of everything uh, that you need to do to have a successful team and be a successful quarterback? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, listen, it, I mean, uh, being and we all watched the game long enough and 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 played. I'm sure like it's uh, it, it's huge being in the right system and being a part of a a, a group. Uh, of coaches that love coming to work, um, you know, love being there every night, grinding uh, to to make the team better. Um, and, and playing for AB has just been awesome. Uh, and like I said, more than I could have ever expected when we were talking and, and going through this whole process of figuring out that I want to play, um, you know, with St. Louis and, uh, and then with with B um, Bruce, like I, I think he's one of the smartest uh, younger minds in, in the game. Uh, I, I think his his future is just absolutely so bright. Um, to watch this dude, you know, work every night and and the amount of time he puts into it. Uh, I mean, waking up this morning, uh, he sent me a text that. 153 uh, <laughs> this morning 
talking about first and second down, um, <laughs> an, an idea um, that, uh, on a play that we can run. So, uh, uh, of course, hopefully he knows I, I was in uh, asleep. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm sure we'll talk about it here uh, shortly when I get down to uh, to our meeting. Hey, AJ, one last thing from me, and that's in regards to the personality of the team, because when you're at Alabama and you win the back-to-back championships, you've got a pretty good handle, even when you take over, because you've been around, of what the personality of the team is. You guys have played four games, but you did come back for your first two wins, uh, a very impressive performance in your third win here, and then you never gave up in the in the other game, though the loss at the, uh, in week three. Do you feel like, even though you've only played four games, you have a pretty good handle on the personality of this team yeah a hundred percent um listen we we have a group of guys that just does not quit um and and we truly believe like if there's time left on the clock we can come back and win and uh and and i think you know that that win in week one sets the tone for the rest of the year and i think it spilled over into week two and um, and hell, almost you know, even over into week three. So, uh, I, I really can't say it enough. Like it, it's so much fun. It really is. I, I love coming to work, and I've had years where you know, being a part of teams and and uh, it, some teams at least, like where it's it, it's hard to come to work, even though you're playing for you know a game for a living. Like it, it's just they they don't make it fun and it's fun here and it doesn't feel like work and it feels like we're just playing a game and uh it's just been such a pleasure to be a part of this team and um in the city that i i just i can't say enough about it well aj you saw the support from fans this past weekend are you guys hoping and advocating for a fully open dome where fans can come in and actually fully pack the dome yeah, I, I mean, I, I would love it. Um, listen, we we need the the city to be behind us um, this week. There, there's going to be ups and downs in this game, and and in those moments, like um, a, a packed stadium, help create you know uh, more ups for you when, when you need them, and then um, some more down moments for for another team. So it makes it harder for them to communicate and. Uh, and we need to have the best home field advantage, you know, in the in the entire league. And uh, so, hopefully, uh, everybody doesn't go to that to the soccer game and uh, can come out to us. <laughs> AJ, you'll you'll have a bunch there Saturday night over at uh, the Dome at America Center. Hey, thanks so much for the time. Love having you as a member of the St. Louis sports community. Hopefully, we can do this again too soon. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. All right, take care, AJ. That is A.J. McCarron on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, quarterback for your St. Louis Battlehawks. I like how open and transparent he is, right? About especially, I think everybody's been in those situations, right, where it's like, okay, maybe it's not the best job or situation that you're in. Mm -hmm. It's tough to come in. And the way that he described that, I feel like it's great to see him finding success. You love to see that story, especially seeing his kids were there Mm -hmm. this past weekend, too. So they got to see all these fans supporting him, too.
That's the fun part. I mean, he talked about taking less money to play in the XFL for an opportunity for his kids to see him play. And, and you know, looking at it, it, it has turned out pretty well for him. And maybe, you know, maybe he's the Battlehawks quarterback next year or maybe he has another opportunity to go back to the NFL. Either way, this season his kids have been a part of it. St. Louis has been outstanding in the support that they have given the Battlehawks, and I expect it to be packed again this weekend. He's better than some of the guys that are going to be on NFL no rosters. No doubt about it. <laughs> Brooke, Kerry, Randy, coming up. We're going to talk to the Hall of Famer, Bernie Federico, about the Blues here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. With Brooke Grimsley and Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. The Blues in action tonight, 8.30 with the start. And, of course, you'll hear the pregame at 7.30 here on 101 ESPN. Bernie Federico of Bally Sports does pre- and intermissions and post on the Blues games, and he's with us now. Good morning, Mr. Federico. How are you? Good morning, Randy. I'm fine. Thank you. Bernie, uh, obviously a pretty decent weekend for the Blues, especially considering that they won two straight. I know that they lost against the Golden Knights, but it felt like something was different with them this past weekend. It looked like the guys were battling for for each other. What did you think of their performance? Did you see them at least kind of progressing in the right direction and playing for each other more? They played very well against Vegas. There's no question. I mean, it's tough to lose a game, obviously, uh, but uh, the way things have been going, I mean, at least they did win a couple in a row. And yeah, you know, I think they're more relaxed. I, I think uh, they understand now that uh, there's no pressure on them. They just got to play. I mean, they got to play for their jobs. Um, you know, a lot of changes have been made over the course of the last, what, three or four weeks now through the trade deadline and everything. And But they still have a job to do. And I think that they... Uh, finally kind of said, okay, let's just play hockey. And, and uh, actually, I thought they outplayed the the, the uh, Knights. And just unfortunately got a bad bounce there and, and ended up losing that game. But if they play like that, they're going to you know win more games than they're going to lose. Bernie, reports are that uh, in Jake Neighbors is near his return from an upper body injury. What does he bring to this team uh, when healthy? He just brings a little more skill and obviously a, a little more energy. I mean, he's a kid, obviously, was the first-round draft pick. He wants to prove himself in the league, and, and I like the way he plays. I mean, he goes hard to the net, and he, he does those little things, and I, I think he, he gives us uh, hope for the future. I think that's kind of what his, what his job is now. I mean, uh, the changes that have been made now, and, and the, you know, it's a changing of the guard now, and, and Jake's one of those guys that's going to be there and he's going to be one of those guys that uh, is the new wave so uh, certainly I know he'll bring some excitement Uh, I know that the guys like him a lot in the locker room and and he plays the game I guess what we'll call the right way he he plays hard and he he plays fast and and that's exactly what the Blues need need on this hockey club. With the additions that they've had Kappen and Vrana neighbors potentially coming back healthy are you looking at a Blues team that for the future could be a really good team? Well, that's what the idea is. I mean, obviously bringing in a captain and bringing in Verona, a couple of guys that are getting a second chance. They have scored more than 20 goals in the league a couple of times, so so they 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 are scorers. And uh, you know, when you when you give up a Tarasenko, you give up a Riley. I mean, you got a couple of guys that that are goal scorers. I mean, we lost David Prawn last year. 
So you've got to replace the offense that 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 you've had in the past, and uh, these guys have the potential to do it. They're on, uh, you know, they they have another year left on their contracts, which is always good. And it's guys play obviously the best, or they try to play their best when they're up for contract because they're trying to get the new deals done. So uh, yes, I mean I expect that these are the the young players that uh, are going to have to score the goals, and the success is going to be on their the riding on their shoulders. Hey, Bernie, one of my favorite teams, one of my favorite Blues teams ever was your 80-81 team. And one of the things that Emil Francis did for people that aren't old enough to remember, he went out and got players who were clearly talented. You mentioned the word second chance a moment ago. But you go out and get Blair Chapman, who'd been the second pick in the draft. Mike Crombie had been the fifth pick in the draft. Rick LaPointe had been the fifth pick in the draft. Ralph Klassen had been the third pick in the draft. Blake Dunlop, a uh, second-round pick. A lot of players that really just didn't evolve in their first stops and then came here, accepted roles and were really talented and key players for your teams. And I wonder if the Blues are kind of doing the same thing. When you mention people like Vrana and Kapanen, really obviously talented players that might just need to be in the right place at the right time. Well, you, you hit the nail on the head there, Randy. There's uh, no question that's exactly what Emil Francis did. I mean, there was uh, there was all first-round picks. I mean, um, uh, Brian Maxwell was another one mm-hmm. from, from, from that year. They're all first-round draft picks and high first-round draft picks that had not panned out. And, yes, I think that's what, um, you know, Doug Armstrong has said is that he doesn't want to, uh, you know, just, just get some draft picks and, and, and see what he can do with them because him. I mean, these kids are 17 years old when they're drafted. You've got to wait a few years before you can really get them into the mix with things. So uh, when you can find players that, that, that are talented and, and that can get a second chance and are already, you know, older than, than, the, than they're already in their early 20s, uh, that's when you can kind of rely on a little bit more. So I think that's kind of what the idea that Doug has talked about. So, um, yes, I, I hope that's what he's doing because if you wait for the draft and all of a sudden you – you got these seventeen-year-old kids. It could be, you know, time in junior still. It could still be time whether or not they're going to college or, or or spending some time in the minors before they're able to play here. So that that's a that's a long process. So uh, you know, we turned things around really quickly when Emil Francis did that, and uh, we were a great team in in eighty eighty one. And unfortunately, it didn't pan out for us. But I think that's really kind of a, a nice way of, of being able to build and give guys second chances, and they certainly can come through. Bernie, how do you think that you improve this team defensively moving forward? Obviously, you know, nothing against Colm Pareko. He's had a nice stretch of games here lately, but we've seen at times, not just Pareko, I feel like a lot of people call him out, but just defensively, that defensive core has had issues at times this season. And even with the forwards, there's been times where you would like to see them improve as well. How do you improve that moving forward going into next season? The guys have to play a better uh, game together. I mean, we could talk about five-man units, and I, I don't think you can just blame it on the defense. Yes, I, I really believe, though, that a lot of the defense have had down years. I mean, I, I think that there's really, when you look at the, the defense, it's kind of almost the same defense that the Blues had last year, and they were not near this porous. So you can't just blame it on the defense. I think you have to blame it on the way the system's been played, and and I think that you can just blame it on some just off years. So I think the personnel can certainly rebound. I mean, obviously, they've got to play a tighter defensive system. They've got to have less gaps between uh, the forwards and the defense. And I think that they just have to be uh, a little more uh, aggressive uh, in the uh, in the defensive zone. I mean, and, and win the one-on-one battles in the front of the net and, and the little things. And it's just kind of beating the opponent uh, uh, that's facing off against you. So I think there's just a lot of different little things that have to happen. But, 
I, I don't know if the personnel really has to change that much. I just I think that the system just has to be played better. Brie, I also just want to ask you, uh, former uh, coach with the Blues, Jim Montgomery has been doing well with the Bruins. What do you think of his success with the Bruins this year? And are you happy for him with that? Absolutely. Uh, you know, Jimmy's a really good guy. I mean, he, he's coached before. I mean, he's a very successful coach in college. And when he was in, you know, Denver, he, he did a great job when he was in, in Dallas and, and did a good job with the Blues and the system. So, I mean, he's got an opportunity. And the Bruins are playing really well. They got beat a couple of times now recently by Detroit and Chicago last night. So they're maybe going through their little slump now. But um, he's done a really good job with. I mean, Boston's got a really good team. I mean, they got a lot of. Uh, Great personnel with some older veterans and some mix with the new new young players. Their goaltending has been real good. So, um, you know, he deserves a lot of credit. But uh, certainly, it, it <laughs> you have to win it all. I mean, I think Boston's going for broke right now. Uh, I think their their disappointment still goes back to 2019, losing to the Blues in, in in the Stanley Cup final, and they're still trying to get back there and win. So, uh, there's a lot of pressure on the Bruins right now, and I think that Monty's done a really really good job with that squad. Bernie, Jordan Cairo got his 30th goal the other night. Is he a guy that can get 40, 50 goals and potentially 100 points in a season? Well, he's certainly got the potential, uh, Kerry. He's, he, he skates. We talked about the, the way he's, I mean, his speed that he has. He's, he's explosive. Uh, he shoots the puck very well. And, uh, yes, I think he's got a potential. I said it on the other, the other night. He still has a chance to get to 40 this year. Uh, when he's, he's one of those streaky scorers right now, he's got things going right now. Uh, Robert Thomas and him are are seeing each other. They're 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 really got that great chemistry. So yes, he he's a guy that that certainly has the possibility of getting forty goals. Is fifty there possible? Who knows? Yes, if he continues to prove, he's still a young guy. He's got a lot of a lot of things to learn uh, defensively, obviously. But the more ice time he gets and the more he plays, uh, yes, I, he certainly has the potential to be a big goal scorer in the league. Bernie, I know you love analyzing the Blues, but with an 8.30 start, I'm sure you don't mind TNT taking over tonight. (laughs) 8.52 puck drop, Randy. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I will be watching the game, that's for sure, and it's it's, it's always nice to get a day off every once in a while, though, too, just to watch the game because you know when you're watching the game and and you're you're really analyzing more than you are enjoying the game. So it's uh, I, I like the way Minnesota has has done a lot of really good things. They've added to their their core there. They're they're getting a little more aggressive. I and mean, it's unfortunate to not being able to watch Kaprizov because he, he's such a, a really great player to watch. But uh, Minnesota's, I mean, hey, what they're they've lost in 13 games in regulation, so uh, they're playing very well. But this is another. This is a test for the. Blues tonight. Uh, it's a test for the young players, and and uh, uh, you know, with a minute to lose a game sooner or later, and hopefully this is the game that the Blues really uh, get everything together and can can beat the Wild. Might as well be. That's exactly right, Bernie. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next week. Always a pleasure. You guys have a great day, too. Thank you. That's the Hall of Famer, Bernie Federico, joining us here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. I mentioned to Kerry during the last break, I hope that uh, that Matthew has settled on his answers <laughs> for the questions that he has. We, for the, shall, the we do not need a repeat of yesterday. That <laughs> yes, was intense. Yes, I was do. scared. Kerry yes, <laughs> loves that chaos uh, so much. It's chaotic, and I'm here for it every day. It's total chouse. <laughs> yeah. So we got the fight coming your way. Do we have a fighter? Oh, yeah, yeah we, do. we do. We have the guy that... Uh, <laughs> Johnny. Johnny's back. Yeah, just, just win, Johnny. He's, he's next on 101 ESPN. 
You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. Our fighter from yesterday, John, didn't pick up the phone, so we got a new fighter, Justin. Justin, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. Now, yesterday we had a little bit of an issue. I don't know if you were listening. <laughs> Hopefully we don't have any questions here that uh, cause concern <laughs> for one Matthew Rocchio. I'm, we're, we're hoping and praying. Well, you were sweating yesterday. <laughs> you were sweating. I'm hoping for chaos. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't, I haven't been able to listen the last couple of days. I was, I was actually hoping Randy was still on vacation. I'd get to play Kerry. Oh, well, hey, unfortunately. Hey, great last week. Yeah, Justin, yeah, I don't know. Did. He actually did. I um, remember he did pretty good. Unfortunately, Megamind is back, and you have to take on that task. So here we go. Last night, Patrick Kane passed Mike Madonna for 50 50- uh, for the most 50-point seasons by an American player in NHL history. Kane still sits at number four in all-time points for an American. Who holds the record with 1,391 points? Is it Mike Madano, Phil Housley, or Brett Hall? Dang, that's a tough one. Housley was a defenseman, so I wouldn't think him. I would either say Hall or Madano. I'm going to just go with the hometown guy, Hall. All right, Bobby Bonds closed out his career with two years in the NL East in 80 and 81, playing for the Cardinals and which division rival? Is it the Cincinnati Reds, Montreal Expos, or Chicago Cubs? Bobby Bonds? Yes. I'm going to have to go with the Reds on this one. All right, Justin, which Cardinal legend is the only player in MLB history to hit 400 and 40-plus home runs? Is it Stan Musial? Red Shandies or Roger Hornsby? Which Cardinal legend is the only player in MLB history to hit 400 plus uh, hit 440 plus home runs? Is it Stan Musial, Red Shandies, or Roger Hornsby? Oh. That's a tough one. You would think it would be a stand, but I think I feel like that's just the fault question, you know. <clears throat> I'm gonna go with Rogers Orange here. Who holds the record for the most points scored in an NCAA tournament game, going off for 61 in the first round of the 1970 tournament? Is it Pete Maravich, Austin Carr, or Bill Bradley? That's definitely way before my era. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Pistol Pete on this one. All right, we will double-check the score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Justin, how do you feel? You don't feel good? No? That was quick. (laughs) I didn't even get a chance to get it out. Okay. You're not feeling good about this one at all. No, not at all. You know, I generally have issues with anything that was before I was born. Uh, 70s, 60s trivia is a little tough on me. You know. (laughs) Randy, uh, John was unable to answer the phone, so Justin... Justin is on the line with you today. Say Justin, hello. good morning. How are you doing? 
Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We do appreciate it. John ghosted yep. us, he as the did. kids say. Oh. <laughs> we got ghosted. John, you're better than that, man. You had one job. Didn't answer. He walked off, though. You got to walk off win and just stayed away. Hey, yeah. Well. <laughs> you know when you're listening on the radio, you seem like you get all the questions right. You know, but... <laughs> all right, Randy, here we go. All right. Last night, Patrick Kane passed Mike Madonna for the most 50-point seasons by an American player in NHL history. Kane still sits at number four in all-time points for an American. Who holds the record with 1,391 points? All right, uh, Mr. Technicality. Is this pure American player, or could the player conceivably have dual citizenship? They can conceivably have dual citizenship, but they go in the record books as an American, despite America. maybe not being born America. in America. Not necessarily being born oh, in America. We got another they one. Are an American I'll go player. With, I'll go with Brett Hull. Okay, just, just checking. All right, dual oh. citizenship. I mean, because Modano. He was born in America. He doesn't mm-hmm. have any Canadian citizenship at all, so I just wanted to make sure. Just make sure you get that clarification. Yes, I did. I want to make sure. When you look up this player, there's an American flag next to their uh, name. I was just saying. All their okay, hockey stats. All right. Mm, okay. <laughs> we gotta be, one. We got we to we gotta make sure here. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. I said American, not American born. Oh, oh see? Ooh. It's getting okay, All right, go. question number two. Bobby Bonds closed out his career with two years years in the NL East in 80 and 81, mm-hmm. playing for the Cardinals and which division rival? I can envision it right now being at Costello service, uh, sitting right there at first base, right in front of the owner's box on the field, and there's Bobby Bonds in the Cubs baby blue pinstripes. Just disgusting jerseys. Mm, but is. yeah, Bobby went there after hitting 189 here in St. Louis, wore double zero for the Cardinals. Oh. Yeah, the Cardinals already had a number 25. That was his number. And George Hendrick was wearing number 25. He came here, wore double zero, and then basically hit double zero. Yeah. <laughs> he hit double zero. <laughs> I not. just picked that up. Oh, it wasn't good. It was really bad. So, yeah, I'm going to say that it was the Cardinals and then the Cubs to finish things off. All right, which Cardinals legend is the only player in MLB history to hit 400 and 40-plus home runs? I believe that would be the, the Raja, Rogers Hornsby. Who holds the record for the most points scored in an NCAA tournament game, going off for 61 in the first round of the 1970 tournament? 61 in the first round of the 1970 tournament. I'm just going to play the chalk here because he scored more points than anybody else. Should I, I guess I'll do the lifeline just in case. I think I know who it is. Give me the lifeline, Brooke. Okay. Your options are Pete Maravich. Pete Maravich. Austin, oh, you know what, Austin, Notre Dame, Austin, uh, Austin Carr, uh-huh. or Bill Bradley? Bill Bradley certainly was not 1970. I'm going to go with Pistol Pete. I, it might have been Austin Carr. It was Notre Dame, right? I don't know where Austin Carr went. Is it Notre Dame? With Notre Dame? Okay. Uh, so, yeah, but I'll go with Pistol Pete anyway, just because I like Pistol Pete. I think we all got a little bit less stressed when uh, John didn't answer our call and it was Justin. (laughs) (laughs) But that doesn't mean we're out of the woods yet. It's Justin going to force a round two tomorrow with Randy Carricker. Or me, Carrie, and Brooke breathing a little easier today with a Randy character. I mean, just, just, just you. Just me. <laughs> Ring. <laughs> <Yeah>. Bell. <laughs> 
The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Just oh, win, baby. Oh, yeah, Just win, baby. There you go, it's Randy Carricker. <laughs> Randy Carricker wins with a three to two win. I'm very sorry, Justin. You did get two right, but it is that all important third one that ended up being the problem for you today. But it was a good. It was a good performance, nonetheless. Yeah, that Bobby Bob. Question. I don't know who we actually played in force. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Let's go through the answers. Last night, Patrick Kane passed Mike Madonna for the most 50-point seasons by an American player in NHL history. He's still number four, seeing behind number one, Brett Hall, number two, Mike Madonna, number three, Phil Housley for American players, not American-born, because, of course, uh, born in Ontario was Brett Hall, but he's, an Amer- but he's an American player. Phil Housley, former blue, traded for Al McKittis. There you go. That's not a bad not, not a bad D-man for D-man no, trade, if you're thinking no. about it. Bobby Bonds closed out his career with two years in the NL East in 1980 with the St. Louis Cardinals and then 1981 with those Chicago Cubs. I had no idea they had baby blue pinstripe uniforms yeah, at one bad. point. That's ridiculous. Which Cardinals legend, the only player in MLB history to hit 400 and 40 plus home runs, was Rogers Hornsby. 401 and 42 home runs in the 1922 season. And who holds the record for the most points scored in an NCAA tournament game? One of the few scoring records he does not hold. It is in fact the Golden Domer, Austin Carr, who dropped 61 on Ohio University in the first round of the 19. 19- 70 tournament. That's a 3-2 win for Randy over Justin. Justin, thank you so much for joining the show and joining the fight. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, Justin, thank you very much. Good to have you with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, a lot going on in the National Football League. We've got NFL news and notes coming your way next on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. There is stuff going on in the National Football League. Aaron Rodgers has not officially been traded yet, but I think there's a good chance to, by the end of today, guys, that he will be a New York Jet. I would be surprised if he wasn't, wouldn't you? Yeah, they, uh, they, I guess Aaron Rodgers sent off his wish list of players, which included Alan Lazard, uh, Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, who has been in the league. I think we're the same age. And Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr. That was allegedly his wish list when I was watching NFL Live yesterday of, of the players. And, and why else would you be, you know, reaching out to, uh, Randall Cobb or, or Mercedes mm-hmm. Lewis. Not that they haven't been good players in their career, but they're at the tail end of their careers. And if that's what Aaron Rodgers wants to feel more comfortable, uh, if you're the New York Jets, you're going to try to make those things happen. So maybe that's that's the the path and the 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 way we're looking. Hopefully, it gets done sooner rather than later because you know it's it's kind of. It's been dragging out for a while. <laughs> is what is it about the Packers and their star quarterbacks just really dragging out this process? <laughs> is he just taking the bread the farm? Right. Yeah. yeah, they, they go into the same team. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't. You know, it's going to be if if he does go to the AFC, um, it's going. I don't think the path to the Super Bowl is going to be as easy as some people think. Right. Just by adding an Aaron Rodgers, that AFC side is stacked. With quarterbacks, you have a much better chance on the NFC side, um, but you know they got a lot of talent over there. So we'll see how well those players who are a lot of them going to be in their second year. Brees Hall, who got injured, then you got Sauce Gardner and Wilson, who were rookies of the year in, on on um, 
the offense and defensive rookie of the year. So we'll see how well their second year transition has for them and if they're able to actually make a run uh, on that AFC side in the playoffs. Uh, Kerry and I really enjoyed watching the Lions last year, and DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams were a terrific backfield. Jamal Williams was a fantasy star, yeah. and it looks like the Lions are going to let Williams walk. They signed David Montgomery from the Bears to a three-year deal, and I don't know that that's a great move. I like David Montgomery. I don't love him. Yeah, I, you know, I, DeAndre Swift was the starting running back, and, and he got injured and always banged up ankle injuries, things of that nature. And so Jamal Williams had a really, really good season last year. As you said, fantasy stud, uh, scored, I think he led the league in touchdowns, scored rushing touchdowns. And so you're, you're looking at getting a David Montgomery in there now. I don't know if he's the lead back and, and they're still going to platoon those two guys. Um, but offensively, you know, what the Detroit Lions have – uh, on the offensive side is is definitely a team that you should be worried about if you're if you're an opposing defense because they got guys that can run past you, run through you, uh, and they got a quarterback that maybe a lot of people didn't believe in in Jerry mm-hmm. Goff, but he showed last season that he can play the game and play it at a high level. So you know they may be a team that that could make a run in the NFC. Also, the Raiders making a lot of moves too. What do you think about what they're building? I don't know what the Raiders are doing, honestly. <laughs> it's I, interesting. It's, I read something the other day that I thought was hilarious. It was like, what if Bill Belichick sends his assistant coaches out as like secret agents to ruin other organizations and then come back <laughs> yeah, to yeah. New England? Because I don't know what the the Raiders are doing. You get rid of Darren Waller. You, you get rid of Derek Carr, and then you sign Jimmy Garoppolo – Correct me if I'm wrong. The same guy who's not as durable. What six yeah. in one hand, half a dozen mm-hmm. in the other? Like they are essentially the same person, minus the injuries for Derek Carr. Um, yeah, I don't know. You got Devontae Adams who is tweeting. If you you know if you haven't talked to me, don't ask me what's going on. You got Josh Jacobs saying I I don't know what the hell is going on. It's it seems like clutter and chaos. Uh, in Las Vegas right now, and you know we'll see. Maybe Josh McDaniels has a a plan, but no, right he now doesn't. he seems like he's a little bit he's searching. I just don't think that that's a it's a bad combination because it's a dumb organization that hired a dumb coach. I I just don't know what the purpose is for what they're trying to do. You signed uh, Jacoby Myers, who I mean that doesn't make me jump up and down. You lose Darren Waller. Darren Waller is one of the top tight ends in the league when healthy. He had a had a rough season last year where he missed a lot of games, but when he's healthy, he's up there with, you know, uh Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. You are going to have to have a guy assigned for him. So, I don't know what they're going to do. Did you see? I just saw this. It came up. So, Darren Waller's wife, who is very yes. important, Kelsey Plum, she yeah. said that her husband may have been traded because his coach was not invited to their wedding. Oh, my goodness. What? This is it so sounds, messy. That, that, that sounds, I mean, he's a secret <laughs> agent, man. It, yep. it sounds like a, <laughs> it yep. sounds like something a petty person would do. See, Randy, I, this is why we have the, the, every now and then I tell you, you should be able to slap people in the face. Yeah, well, just every now and then, not every day. Uh, They told me, I read something in Texas, if two people (laughs) challenge each other to a duel, they can have a street fight, and it is legal. (laughs) No way. Both parties agree. Are you serious? That's what happened to Alexander Hamilton's son. Is somebody, like, looking after it and delegating, like, what constitutes a street fight? You can't take them down and then become the aggressor. I guess if someone falls and you start kicking them and jumping, then it changes to assault and battery. Well, that sounds like a fine line. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess if both parties agree, you should be able to. Now, if you knock them down, you just knock them down. Man, I think 
Texas, those rules, Texas did that right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't do a lot of things right, but that's right. By the way, Coach Kerry, just a question, uh, parliamentary procedure here. Okay. So <laughs> you are a coach. You are in the red zone. Let's put you inside the five-yard line. Okay. Your quarterback is clearly limping because of a high ankle sprain. Yeah. Just want to get your thought process here on running a bootleg <laughs> with said quarterback who's not mobile anyway and then has a high ankle sprain. Yeah, I probably wouldn't do that. Okay. I'd probably hand the ball off or, you know, a yeah. quick three-step drive. Especially when him. you have, like, a, a borderline Hall of Fame Running back, back yeah, there? yeah, yeah. Hand the ball off or, or get okay. it to one of my, my one of my guys on the outside. Just throw the ball five yard line. You can you know, depending on who we are, you can throw it up to a guy on the outside, and I don't have to run my quarterback anywhere. Josh McDaniels, Monday Night Football, Seattle, twenty ten. Hey man, he does he he does interesting things. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of other quick notes: New England signing safety Jabril Peppers to a two year deal. That's a nice ad for them. Jabril Peppers can play a little bit. Yeah, he can, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what. I don't know what they're doing either. I mean, they are. It's a few teams on this list, Randy, that are, I think, soul searching. There are a few teams that I think are doing the right things. The Bears being one of them. I think the Bears have made some some moves and and made some some decisions. I think the Broncos have as well. Uh, adding two offensive linemen, their line struggled last year, keeping Russell Wilson clean. But then you have some teams where you're looking around and you're trying to figure out what are you doing. And then the final one is Lamar Jackson, who will become a restricted free agent at the start of the league business year, three o'clock this afternoon. I just cannot find the team that I think will give him the contract. You have to have a team that's willing to pay the money, A, have the money be guaranteed, B, mm-hmm. and C, be willing to give up the compensation to get him. The compensation, by the way, two number ones, that's less than the going rate for a, a quarterback of his ilk. But I wonder if there's an owner out there that would pull the trigger on that deal. My question would be, are those two number one draft picks, does that have to be the 23 and 24 draft, or can it be any future draft No, it's 23 and 24. So if I am a team, I don't know, maybe I'm the Indianapolis Colts, and I don't feel like I can get up into that third spot, or I don't feel like the third and fourth quarterbacks are good enough, why not trade back for one of those teams that want to get up there? Why not trade back and then now you have multiple first-round draft picks and you can use that to go mm-hmm. get a Lamar Jackson? I'm just thinking outside the box. I, I I don't know if you know if I have a number four overall pick, I probably wouldn't trade that to the Ravens, you know, for for Lamar Jackson plus whatever we get for whatever first-round pick we have for next year. I would find a way to move back in the draft, let someone else get that fourth pick, maybe pick up a couple of first-round picks. And then I would trade those to to that would be my compensation to Baltimore. Obviously, you have to pay him, and Baltimore has a chance to match it. But either way, and Indy, obviously, they've had Manning, they've had Luck, they have no, they just paid Matt they, Ryan a ton of money. They ain't been good since Andrew Luck walked out the door at quarterback. But they also don't have any qualms <laughs> about paying guys, right? Right. So if you're going to pay somebody, you might as well pay somebody who has a chance to be good. They've brought in quarterback every year on a one year, two year, one year deal, two year deal, and they've been out of there. Philip Rivers. Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, like it's just year after year since Andrew Luck has retired. Jacoby Brissett, right now the Colts, yeah. Uh, is it Eberflus? No, not Eberflus. No, um, um, ah, Scott isn't that terrible? Ste- yeah, it is. Is it Shane Steichen? Steichen, okay, yes, Steichen. Okay, so he, you know, he he coordinated on offense with Hertz and very successfully. So maybe that would be a fit. I'll be interested to see. If he doesn't get signed, if Lamar Jackson doesn't get signed to an offer sheet, or at least contacted, there is collusion. I mean, Randy, I I, I have said that since it first started. 
when teams come out and say we're not, we don't yeah, want them. Right off the bat. You stink at quarterback. What do you mean? Atlanta Falcons? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you want them? Who did, they just signed a backup yesterday. Did you see that Andy Dalton signed as a backup in Carolina? This is why A.J. McCarron, I don't know how you turned down two years for $8 million. I just, my, I've never, I didn't get a two year $8 million deal, so maybe I, maybe it's just me. Okay, who the the Falcons? Who the, uh, okay, I, I got to get this for us. Who did they sign as their backup quarterback to Desmond Ritter? It's a, it was um, Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Heineke. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Taylor Heineke. Yeah, everything's great. Everything's wonderful in all these <laughs> quarterback carousel. Is Carson, just a perfect uh, name. Uh, Dalton got another contract. Jameis uh, is going to be the backup is in New Orleans. Be back, uh, you got to be. Did we mention, <laughs> did we, did we mention Sam Darnold in San Francisco? Sam Darnold oh, got yeah. signed. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk Collins? about that NFL I... draft with Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota <laughs> oh, and how that panned God. out? Yeah, the odd man out here, by the way, is going to be Mariota. He's not going to get yeah, a he's, job he's, anyway. He's, he's, no. his writing is on the wall for him. Coming up Saturday has a chance to be an awesome sports night in St. Louis. We'll tell you what we could have next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke, Carrie, and Randy, the opening drive. And Saturday night could be wild in St. Louis. I was just taking the shot I, like I Des Moines Hodge. I thought you were waving at somebody. No, I, was, I, I kept was, turning I around the, looking Moines behind Hodge the shot there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, was, I just saw the motion out the side of my, you know, out yeah. the corner of my eye. Oh, how, about, how about that four? You waving it. it, it was. That's beautiful. Pretty, pretty good four. Really good. So on Saturday night, and A.J. McCarron said, man, I hope not everybody goes to the soccer game. I hope somebody, some people come and see us, the Battlehawks, because you got the Battlehawks at the Dome on Saturday night. You've got St. Louis City SC at home at City Park on Saturday night. And very easily on TV could have Mizzou and Illinois playing in prime time. Could be one of the wildest nights ever in St. Louis sports history. We've had some wild days and nights, especially when the greatest show on turf was going or the Cardinals were good and, and the Rams were playing playing uh, in, in the fall and, of course, opening day of the baseball yeah. season. The, oh, whenever you can have an opening day of the baseball season during the day and then walk down to Enterprise Center for the hockey playoffs at night or a, hockey, a late season hockey game, it's pretty cool. But this could be one of the greatest sports days ever in St. Louis. There had to be a day where the Cardinals were in the playoffs and the Blues maybe had a game or uh, the uh, Rams may have been playing. That, that well, probably... Monday Night Football 2013, Game 5 of the World Series is at Bush and Monday Night Football against the Seahawks at the Dome. There you go. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's a, the one. Yeah. 2013, that wasn't a, Were they good then? The Rams. Do you remember the game where 
they threw it to Brian Quick on a fade at the end, yeah. overthrew yeah. him. Yes, and they couldn't. I don't remember it. that one. And they, the Rams okay. wound up losing. That yeah. was that game. Okay. So it was a good game. And the Rams actually they weren't a good team. though. They weren't. No, yeah. they had more fans at that game. <laughs> a bad Rams team on Monday Night Football had more fans than the Cardinals did at a sold-out Bush Stadium for Game Five of the World Series. Get your so, stuff together, NFL. Bring the bring the, bring the St. Louis team back. We got a team. Thirty-eight thousand the other 38, day. Thirty-eight thousand three hundred and ten people. Yeah. So, going to be up to 40 this weekend. Yeah, we are. So I, I just love the prospect of days like this, and they can be exhausting. But either way, you're going to have the NCAA tournament going on, and you're going to have SC going, and you're going to have the Battlehawks going, and you'll have Cardinal baseball during the day too. So it's And the Blues play Friday night, so they're not playing on yeah. Saturday. It, it, I think when you have weekends like that, it just shows like the sports enthusiast enthusiast in us just gets kind of geeks out and gets mm-hmm. so excited about being able to either sit at home for hours upon hours and watch sports and find different things to turn to. Oh, that game is good. Oh, the the, the, the city city is playing really well right now. It, it's so many things that you can turn to and be excited about and be invested in, you know, when you have all of these local programs, local organizations playing well and, and playing at the same time. So I think it's going to be a great weekend for, for St. Louisans to be able to sit back, you know, have a, a beverage or two and watch some sports. I was trying to look up. So what time is the Battlehawks game? I think at? they're at 6. Is that correct? I believe the Battlehawks game, I believe, is a 6 p.m. Uh, kickoff and a 7.30 p.m. For... kickoff for St. Louis City SC against okay. the Earthquakes. So last this past weekend, it kind of worked yes, out perfectly if you wanted to go to both the Battlehawks and Blues. And I, I went to both as well, so I saw a lot of people going from the Battlehawks game, also going over the Blues game, and you were kind of there by the end of the first period for the Blues. This is a little bit more complicated Yeah. on how you're going to stretch this out. I'm interested to see who goes where, how many people support which teams. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see to me and like where everybody's going to pick and how that's going to be divvied up. I'm double dipping. I'm going to be in the stands for the first half of the Battlehawks game before yeah, I leave at halftime. I'm going to jump out at halftime, jump in an Uber, and, and take the Uber up to City Park for the for, for, uh the city game. So, I mean, oh. I, I think there's going to be a, a, a group of people. I'm not going to be the only one making that move. No, Sounds Uber like drivers an expensive are going to get paid. A five minute ride is going to cost you $45. Good luck. And I, know, I know that uh, this is a, a St. Louis thing. And I don't expect the rest of the country to recognize what a sensational sports town this is. But we are the best sports town in America. There's no more loyal group of sports fans that show up for not only events of our own, like SC and the Battle Hawks and the Blues and the Cardinals and SLU. I mean, SLU regularly had 9,000 over at Chaffetz during the course of the season. But then when events come in from out of town, whether it's the NASCAR race that was sold out and will be sold out again this year, or the PGA Championship, or the unbelievable success of the Ascension Charity Classic, those annual events, we're unbelievable as sports fans. And I think we should take a great deal of pride in that. Well, also I liked in the Blues game, you know, you guys mentioned earlier that they had the Cronky chants mm-hmm. inside the Dome. So then the Blues played a clip of the Battlehawks winning and Cronky chants also happened over at the Blues game, Brought too. you. Yeah. Maybe we can get it at City Park. Maybe we can just get it at every, every sporting event throughout <laughs> the city every time a, a big game takes place. Just have people screaming Cronky sucks. I honestly thought that that hatred would fade. But it's not going anywhere. I think the Battlehawks bring it back. 
You, you yeah. like, because you you realize what you're missing without having a, a football team here, without having an NFL right. team here. So fans are are in that building. You know, those feelings <laughs> start mm-hmm. to brewing and stirring up, and you you get a lot of people saying the same thing. He is now, and I would think forevermore, public enemy number one oh, yeah. in St. Louis. And uh, that's a good thing. Get it on the board at the Cardinals game. Yeah. How much of the residual? How much of the residual hatred comes from the fact that he's he's he was a Missouri guy? Missouri. Like when it, when I'm it hurt, a Missouri guy. You can would, trust me. Would it hurt less if he had been you know he'd come out of like you know wet Virginia and then completely you know stole all this from us? I think it hurts more I than think he's it, Missouri guy. I think it was worse. Yeah. That he's, he's just married human. into money, guy. right? Or no, he's really not. He's, I mean, he's not really a Missouri guy, right? He's not really even not a person. He's a money guy. A money guy. Yeah. He like about money. He owns like eighty five percent of Columbia, Missouri, but. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh-huh. Every time you walk through Columbia, every open building is the Crocky Group. Where is this at? Oh. Someone said the law in Texas is uh, called mutual combat. Okay. I'm for it. So, Rick, so, so we got to get Randy and Cronky to Texas. Is that what you're mutual saying? Mutual combat law. In but Cronky has to agree. So Randy can't challenge can. him. And 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 Cronky nodded. He has to agree. Randy say duel. Well, and, and can I Cronky. get you guys there? Yeah, because I, I heard yes. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> Brooke, you heard yes. yes. Okay, we're good. We're good. I challenge you to a duel. Yes, <laughs> go get him, Randy. Boom. <laughs> oh yes, Randy. That sounds great. Uh, <laughs> uh, coming up, Carrie has a terrifying prospect for the 2023 Cardinals. <laughs> I hadn't thought of this, but it's pretty terrifying, and it's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to break down the biggest sports story of the day on the Opening Drive with today's Big Thing. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. As we were preparing for today's show yesterday, we were sitting at the conference table in our office, and Kerry Davis, we were talking about, okay, what would be the the best and worst case scenario for the Cardinals in 2023? We're talking specifically about the outfield, and Kerry had this terrified look on his face and said, (laughs) I'm terrified. I said, what? Come on, it can't be that bad. Yeah, it it would be an outfield where you had uh, Alec Burleson, Moises Gomez, and Juan Yepes. Those three in the outfield together. Mm. Burleson, probably your center fielder in that situation. Kind of a water buffalo. Yepes probably playing left field and, and Moises Gomez playing right field. When I watch them, and I think they are great hitters, I think they're going to have to find uh, an opportunity as DHs or, or first basemen uh, because outfield you, you tend to think of more athleticism, guys that can run and catch and, and not look um, – Uncoordinated, And at times, seeing them out there chasing down balls, tracking balls, it seems a little bit uncomfortable at times. Moises Gomez, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Alec Burleson, not as uncomfortable, but not as graceful as one would like for an outfielder. So, Kerry, I'm thinking about this as we're driving, as I'm driving home. <laughs> and here's what came to my mind, is that if you would replace any of these three players— 
and this is these are really good hitters. Yeah, they're serviceable. You can play one of them in the outfield and have some success. Not all three. Not at all the three. same time. So my thought process with this was, if you replace Moises Gomez or Alec Burleson or Juan Yepes with Kyle Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber would be the best defender. Ooh. Eesh. He's more graceful than all three of them. <laughs> and Juan, I don't... Well, Juan's just kind of got the iron glove going. Yeah, I... I don't think, I, it's, it's, I honestly, don't think it's the getting to the ball as much as it is the ball actually landing in the glove. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> well, that, that matters. Yeah. yeah. That, that matters. Yeah, so I agree. That's a terrifying prospect. It is. Well, and here's the other thing. Just ask Michael McGreevy and Gordon Graceffo yeah. about having Moises Gomez and Yepes behind you, uh, especially in the outfield, because mm-hmm. remember that six, it was like, what, 16 to three loss? Yeah, yeah, both yeah, of them was some, was some, I mean, was even some they were having they were having problems even catching <laughs> well, fly balls. I mean, game, what does that do to a pitcher? <laughs> yeah, there, there was the game on Sunday with that kid Church in center field, and Gomez couldn't figure out whether he was going to take it or not, and they almost collided three times. <laughs> would you? Okay, so would you rather have one of those three or Jose Martinez out there? In, oh, in, one of those three. <laughs> Yes, a hundred percent. Yes, but yeah. they, they don't kind of yeah. give you the the. A feeling Here's of, the of thing. Jose. Jose, I love Jose. I did as too. A, he was, I think he was a great guy. I think he's a great player. Just outfield wasn't his and his jam. Just he never stopped moving. He was peripatetic. It was because I, I sat out in right field one time and I was watching him play right field. And between pitches, he's taking off his glove and throwing. He was like a little leaguer, <laughs> you know, catching it. And I, I don't. There might have been a level of ADD there. Yeah, high, yeah, high energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. He just, I don't think he lacked the physical skills to play the position. Mm. I just don't think that he could focus enough. It's hard to stay locked in, especially, I I told you this the other day, my son's going to play baseball for the first time this year, and he's like, I I don't know what to play. I I, I just want to play in the outfield. I said, you, sir, cannot play in the outfield. Your energy and, and inability to sit still, they're not going to hit any balls out there. You're going to be bored out of your mind. You're going to play in the middle of the infield. Second base, shortstop, mm-hmm. you're going to figure this out. Because if I have you, you won't want to play. And so some players and some people, as you said, just the amount of energy and, and the lack of opportunities that you get in the outfield uh, can be a, a hindrance to them. Don't you kind of wish that the universal universal DH happened mm-hmm. when Jose Martinez? Because yeah. yeah. that was that role was meant for perfect. him. Meant for him. It was perfect. When the Cardinals traded him, along with Randy Rosarena, that day, that happened during the fast lane we were on, and people were furious about the Cardinals trading Jose Martinez. Randy Rosarena mm-hmm. was just an afterthought. Right. They didn't care at all about Randy <laughs> Rosarena. I remember that. Yeah. It was, the, it was, yeah. How can you trade Martinez for Matthew Libertor? And obviously, then people figured out that Randy Rosarena was pretty good, too. But one other point here, because we have the DH now, if the Cardinals get into a situation where one of these three or all three are their best offensive guys, at least you can play one in left and one at DH. Yeah. yeah. And then just set the other one down. And this team is built on defense, on right. defense up the middle. You have to have... Carlson or Newt Bar in center because you're going to have a really solid defensive middle infield. Hopefully Contreras is better behind the plate than he has ever been, but you need to have defense up the middle and if you have an outfield of Gomez, Burleson, and Yepes, you probably won't have your best defense out there. If there comes a day late June, late July, dog days of summer, guys on a 10-day IL stint, 
you know, somebody is banged up, need a day off, and they trot that lineup out there. Well, I'll I, tell you. I don't <laughs> want to see a football score almost yep. happen, just like we saw with that game. Remember, though, if you pick your spots, Tony played Alan Craig in center field mm. in 2011. You just have to pick the right outfield, yeah. and you have to pick the right circumstances. You have guys around them that can yeah. close those gaps. You're right. Yeah. So it's not like you, you absolutely can't win. You have to just put yourself, and this is the manager and the, the people who are putting the lineup together, that's their responsibility to give the team the best opportunity to win. That's Brooke Grimsley. That's Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and it's 926. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. My Propel bottle just fell <laughs> because I'm so excited about telling you about first-round action of the NCAA tournament tomorrow and Friday. 101 ESPN is getting in on the madness with a live broadcast at Max in downtown Alton. We're going to be live from Max with BK and Ferrario from 11 to 2. The Fast Lane from 2 to 6. Enjoy delicious food, the coldest beer, plenty of screens to watch all the first round madness and more. Plus, we'll have your chance to score a pair of tickets to Metallica at the Dome on Sunday, November 5th. BK and Ferrario and the Fast Lane are both live tomorrow and Friday for the tourney at Max, downtown Alton. Are we going? To, are we all going to Metallica in November together? I think I so. I go. Show party? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think so. We'll, we'll do it. Well, also, we're looking at Snoop Dogg, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we both, yeah, we we both signed up for those tickets. Okay. I'm, I'm done with that. <laughs> Come <laughs> yes. on, let's do it. Okay, quick, quick story. This is the great Chris Duncan. Okay, so we are in, I think it's, well, it was the year I had my heart surgery. We're in Indy. So it was 2012. And we're trying to get into a Super Bowl party in Indy where Snoop is performing. And DeMarco goes to the door, shows him his Super Bowl ring. They said, well, you got tickets? No. Well, you can't get in without tickets. Chris walks up with his World Series ring. I got four here. Oh, come on in. <laughs> what? Are you serious? Unbelievable. And Chris just had that. It factor, you know, he was just such a charismatic guy. Yeah, we got in, and so uh, it's me, Michelle, Dunk, might have been Anthony, I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, we had had a group uh, with Snoop in a really intimate setting. It was, it have was a lot of fun. Have you done that, Carrie? Yes. Yeah, so Bowl well, no, I actually so Snoop was having a party in L.A. and I was <laughs> I just showed up and I was like, hey, I used to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is after I retired. Mm-hmm. They're like, really? And they took me. They brought me. I didn't have any tickets. He was performing at a hotel. Uh, it was I think it was a hotel. He was a big party at this hotel and. They took me up. I was in the room with Snoop and his friends. We were hanging out for about 45 minutes before his uh, before he started doing his set. And then I went and sat on the stage and watched wow. the show what? while he was do- while he was performing. And yeah. the thing is, it is a show. Yes, right. That's just not him up. He, he's not just up there spitting. It's I mean, yeah. he puts on a show. He has a good time doing his yeah. job. So if I say that I know Kerry Davis, who is a Super Bowl champ and played for the Steelers, will that get me access? Yes. Yes. Okay. You're yeah, in. You're right. in. Because I don't have anything. Snoop else is to a go Steelers fan. So yeah. well, you don't have to. You can say I work with Kerry Davis and sit next to him every morning. That's, yeah. that's the end right there. And they're like, oh yeah, how many people? Ten, sure. Come on in. <laughs> the Blues play the Wild tonight at eight thirty at Enterprise Center, and Oscar Sundquist is going to make a return to St. Louis. Looking forward to him playing. He's going to join us next on One Hundred and One ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on One Hundred and One ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. One, two, three, four. with his second point of the game, his first goal of the game. He's going to rip it wide. Rebound poked in front, and they score. Oscar Sundquist 
Went to the front of the net. He found the puck behind Murray, and he buries it in. The right wing drops it off. Clock at the point. Shot. Score! The rebound! Oscar Sundqvist. With Brooke Grimsley and Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. And those were highlights of Oscar Sundquist, who won the 2019 Stanley Cup Championship as a member of the St. Louis Blues. Now he's with the Minnesota Wild, and the Wild have not lost a game in regulation in their last 13, and that includes Oscar's entire Minnesota career so far. He's with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Oscar, good morning. Great to have you with us. Welcome back to St. Louis. How you doing? Good morning, guys. Uh, oh, good. Uh, nice to be back and uh, getting to sleep in my, my own bed and have a good dinner last <laughs> night, so I uh, can't complain. So you must really like St. Louis, right, Sonny, that you still have a place here in town? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I love the city. i uh, playing here for, for my five years, and uh, my girlfriend's from there, too, so i uh, kept the house and uh, just, just loves, loves coming back here during summers and, and spend, some, spend some time here. And, and uh, see some uh, some old teammates and, and friends. And just want to double check: this will be your first game playing back here in St. Louis since being traded, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, was supposed to play, what is it in a in a week or so with Detroit, but that didn't happen. So Minnesota now instead. You got a birthday coming up. You had a uh, you had some plans for your birthday when Detroit was supposed to be coming in town. Did you did you get the re the the, the plans rearranged and have an opportunity to have something while you're here? Yeah, we had to we had to push out for a little bit. Uh, so I had a little, little birthday celebration yesterday, and uh, just nice, just nice spending spending some time with with, with my girlfriend and, and her sister and stuff like that. So uh, I had an awesome time. Which one of the guys are you uh, uh, closest to that that still play for the Blues? Are any of the guys that you you still talk to and hang out with when you come back in town? Uh, definitely, definitely Pareko. Uh, regularly texting him and, and talking to him. Uh, so. It's gonna be nice to uh, nice to see him again tonight and uh, actually play against him for the first time. Mm. Hey, Oscar, you you've had an opportunity now for a couple of weeks to spend time with the Wild, and they're really hot, like the 2019 Blues were. Do you see any similarities between the team you're on now and the team that you won the Cup with in 2019? Yeah, definitely. I mean, a uh, very very experienced group. Uh, it's easy to to come into and be, and be a part of of that locker room. So they've been helping me out a lot, but. Uh, definitely seeing a lot of a lot of similarities to 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 2019. So uh, we we have a very deep team and uh, very excited for these uh, last last couple of months of the season. And one thing about this sport is that if you play a team game, you can still have success. You guys lose Kaprizov, who's brilliant, but. I, I look at your team and I say, okay, even without Kaprizov, I think the Wild have a chance. Am I right there? Yes, definitely. Like I said, like we we're. Feels like we're such a deep team, and uh, it's four lines that's going, and uh, that that's that's the kind of the same as it was with with the Blues there in 2019. It doesn't doesn't really matter if, if one guy falls off, you know, it's just going to be the next man up. And uh, like I said, we have four four really good lines. Oscar, you know, as you mentioned there, you're now with the Wild. So what was that experience like? And obviously, you've had experience before being traded with the Blues. What was that experience for you this time around? Uh, yeah, I was joking around. I'm two for two on deadline day here now. So, uh, <laughs> uh, it's a big, big difference, I would say, too, from from uh, last year coming to uh, to Detroit, which was basically we're out of the playoffs, you know, and and uh, you, you could just sense the different mentality when coming into the, to Minnesota now a couple weeks ago. Uh, just just 
fighting for a playoff spot and and uh, just just the whole aura around the team is was just completely different. Oscar, you said earlier you and Colton Pareko are really good friends. Is there going to be any trash talking tonight? Are you going to have some words for him? Uh, your first opportunity to play against him while you all are on the ice tonight? Uh, I'll, I'll probably I'll probably be a little bit, uh, you know, see see uh, try to try to throw him off his game a little bit. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what I come up with here tonight. Hey, Oscar, it's uh, Oscar Sundquist of The Wild with us on 101 ESPN. And we all got emotional here at the deadline when the Blues moved Vladdy and moved Ivan Barbashev and uh, moved Ryan O'Reilly. And I know this was really, really special to you, the town, and that championship team that you played on. So how does a player react when he sees that group that was together and won a Stanley Cup with disassembled? And it's really not... It's not recognizable compared to 2019. How do you react to that as a player when you see it torn apart? Uh, obviously, obviously, you also get to a little emotional. But you had such a special, special band with that with that group, and uh, you you wanted to stay stay together for as long as possible. And uh, obviously, now it's 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 not a lot of a lot of us left. So uh, you definitely get a little bit sad seeing that. But same time, it's it's the business, and uh, maybe the the worst part of the business. Uh, so definitely get a little bit emotional when you, when you see the, the whole team uh, going, going different directions. Oscar, you know, as you mentioned, you guys came to town last night, I'm guessing last night or Monday when you guys got in here? Last night. Last night. So did you guys, did you give any of the guys recommendations of this is a place you have to go buy in St. Louis food wise or anything like that? Uh, I did, but I think a lot of guys were, were kind of, kind of t- tired from traveling, but, uh, I gave them gave them uh, Lou on the month for sure. Uh, one one of my favorite spots in town. So oh, it's so uh, good. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, so that that's one of the recommendations recommendations I gave to to some of some of the six Swedish guys that we have on the team. <laughs> now, Oscar, I'm a little jealous. You said you got to stay in your own bed last night. When we traveled in the NFL, we we if we go to the home city, we still had to stay in the team hotel. Is that normal uh, practice for for NHL clubs? If you travel to your home city or you have a house in that city, you get to stay in your own home. Yeah, usually, you know, <sighs> staying there overnight and then now uh, during the day, obviously going back with with the team to to the hotel and stuff like that. So. Uh, just nice to to see the house again, and you know, sleeping in your own bed. It feels like it's been been forever. So it's definitely nice. Oscar, you've got a really nice career going. I want to know. I want. I want to get your read on Chief because right after you guys won the Stanley Cup, there was a, a, a kid that was interviewing Chief, and he asked who who his favorite player was, and he mentioned you. He said that Oscar Sundquist was his favorite player. Multiple times with us, called you the engine of the team. So I know that you meant a lot to Chief. How much did Chief mean to your career? Uh, you know, obviously. I- Oh. Good to be able to visit the, with the pup too. What, what, what's the pup's name? Got a little alarm guy. Uh, no, obviously, obviously a lot. Uh, he, like I always said, he, he he was always hard but fair. Uh, you know, you couldn't you weren't able to bullshit around him. It's hard work that his first first and foremost. And I mean, uh, I loved I loved having him as coach, and obviously the, the confidence he gave me and and, and the opportunities uh, forever. I'm real grateful for that, and, and he, he really helped me kickstart kick start my career. Hey, uh, before we let you go, what's your dog's name? Bo. Bo, okay. And I, yeah. that's what, when you're in, in a different city, that's what you miss the most, right? Is the, not only the people, but your animals. Yeah, exactly. So we, we've been 
we've been cuddling up here all morning. Uh, <laughs> just, just time, uh, laying in bed a little bit longer and, and just cuddling. So yeah, it's definitely a big part of big part of our life, and I miss him a lot. Great. Well, no. it's great to have you back here at home in St. Louis. Thanks so much for taking the time. Have fun tonight against the Blues, and I'm sure that we'll talk again in the future. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Oscar. Take care. Oscar Sundquist, former Blue, now of the Minnesota Wild on 101 ESPN. Just to be able to come home is uh is 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 fun, you know. To we didn't get to stay there before, but I did get to stay. We played here in St. Louis one time, right around Christmas, uh, and after the game, I didn't have to fly back with the team. They let me stay here and oh, cool. uh, stay with my family, and then I just caught my own flight home. What about for home games? Did you guys stay in a hotel for home yes. games? Yeah, 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 yeah. They didn't want us out partying they Saturday keep nights, tabs, right? Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to make sure they knew it, and we were meeting, meeting, mm-hmm. meeting. Bad chick. <laughs> See, See you in the morning. One of the watershed moments for the greatest show on turf was when Vermeil told the team, I trust you guys enough so that you don't have to stay in a hotel on Saturday nights. Yeah. That, that they could just drive in from home because they knew that they yeah. were good and they knew that they had a good enough group of guys that people weren't going to be out partying. Business. Yep. And it's only one guy was. Why? And he, pl- he played well. <laughs> what was that? We'll talk about it later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, believe me, you saw him out on Saturday nights. <laughs> well, it's great to see Sonny coming back. And, and as he mentioned, this will be his first game back since being traded as a Blues. So I'm sure there's tons of fans that will still be bringing him like a nice, warm welcome. Definitely, yeah. Give him a good round of applause tonight. Hey, and get signed up to play in this year's Bracket Madness Pick'em Challenge. Register now to participate at 101ESPN.com and fill out your bracket. It's free to enter, and this year's top score will take home a $250 Fanatics gift card and a 101 ESPN prize pack. So if you're a super fan around the country and you want to get the prize pack, you get all kinds of 101 ESPN gear, plus the Fanatics gift card you can use anywhere if you're in... In Pittsburgh, if you're in L.A., if you're in Seattle, if you're in Phoenix, if you're in Miami, wherever you're listening, you can use that $250 Fanatics gift card on the old interwebs. See the contest rules and get signed up to play in Bracket Madness now at 101ESPN.com. Brought to you by Neutral, N-U-T-R-L, and Twin Peaks. Coming up, rock and roll on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett coming up with a balloon party at the top of the hour. But right now it's time for rock and roll. Matthew, what do we got? Carrie, you played for one of the most legendary NFL franchises. Some would argue uh, the, the, the team most. Sh- uh, some would argue the most. The team yeah. that should have the moniker America's team. That's yeah. my personal I, argument. I has always been that it's if it's not the Steelers, it's the Packers, and it's certainly not uh, any team in, in, Never in that plays in the state of Dallas or state of Texas. That's for darn or sure. in the state of Massachusetts. Yeah, we're not giving it to them either. I don't even care about that. I, I don't care what the name is. We're not giving it to them either. It's either the Steelers or the Packers, whichever yep. way you want. So, there you, go. Thank you played you. for a legendary franchise, so I have a quick question. Yes, sir. Did you ever have a weird thing where it was like I have to play, pay for the soda in the locker room? I have to pay for I have to pay for you know the you know the, my bad guy at the hotel. Like was there anything weird that you were felt like? Hey, listen, I'm a professional athlete. You guys are you guys signed me to a contract. I have to be here for work. Why why is it, why why is this coming out of my pocket? No, I, I don't recall. I mean, I I've heard the NFLPA had their uh, <laughs> they did their breakdown of best and worst organizations. 
based on what players' opinions and had, players had to pay for food, you know, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, you, you had some teams <laughs> that I never – I don't recall ever having to pay – uh, for anything. Well, in the like big four sports list of legendary franchises, you can put the Pittsburgh Steelers ahead of the New York Yankees because SI has done an exhaustive exhaustive survey throughout the MLB to try to figure out which teams are charging players for these kind of randomnesses. Stephanie Epstein on SI discovered that the New York Yankees mm-hmm. require their players to pay for their Wi-Fi on team flights. Apparently, a team-wide subscription through Delta, where they have their f- team flights, would cost the team about $40,000 to cover every player throughout the entire season. And apparently the Yankees say, you get paid enough already, you can cover it. That's from that's from one of their longtime managers making that statement. A little odd that the evil empire apparently is making their fan, their own players buck up nine bucks a, a pop through the, through the flight. But here's the thing. $40,000 to the Yankees might mean a front office employee. Yeah. Garrett Cole's getting $324 million. What's 40, what's 40 grand to Garrett Cole? <laughs> Brett Gardner agrees with Randy Carricker. He said during one flight, Brett Gardner walked up to Garrett Cole and said, this is all your fault. You're the one they're paying too much. <laughs> if you're a good teammate and it's and you're getting paid $324 million, $40,000 is probably a drop in the bucket for your teammates so. yeah. to have Wi-Fi on, what is it, 81, 81 trips? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, Just for you, yourself. 40 yeah. grand is worth it for yourself yeah. to have Wi-Fi on all those trips. Yeah, and, and be a good teammate. Be a good guy. Take Here's, care of you guys. Throughout their survey, they discovered there's only one other team consistently in Major League Baseball who does this. It is an NL Central squad. It's not the one you think. It is not the Pittsburgh Pirates. Apparently, the Cincinnati Reds are the only other team in Major League Baseball who has this consistent problem. They traded for a player from the A's last year, and he was shocked that of all the things that he would have to pay for as a Red instead of an A, the internet on the flight was going to be one of them. Apparently, Oakland covers it all. Did you guys ever watch that show with Ellie Kemper, the incredible Kimmy Schmidt? Yes, Unbreakable. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And the the episode about how with the, the Redskins owner and she said, no, you need to get these people to buy these jerseys because then they burn them and then they get more jerseys. <laughs> so you need to have outrage. You need yeah. to outrage these people. Well, last week, I, I'm in spring training. Bob Castellini is the owner of the Reds. There's a guy with a number 45 Reds jersey, and the name is Sell the Team Bob. <laughs> this guy spent $200 on a personalized jersey that says Sell, Sell the, the team, team Bob. He's giving money to Bob Castellini because he's so outraged at him. Uh, yeah. um, fandom does weird things to people, Randy, is all I can say to that one. Yeah, yeah. So, and the Reds, by the way, are a mess. But it's their fans are so upset that they're actually paying the owner because they want him to sell the team. I was actually kind of impressed. This is one other anecdote from the SI story uh, 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 you can find right now on their website. Jazz Chisholm was on a team flight for the Marlins in 2020. He paid $10 and he said it didn't work. He exclaimed loudly, bro, the Wi-Fi didn't even freaking work and I just paid 10 bucks." <laughs> his teammates laughed and explained that the Marlins actually provide all their players a code. In his next paycheck, they had reimbursed him $10. There you oh, go. That's, 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 right. that's how Marlins. you do business. That's it's funny. About, it's not about the $10. It's about, you know, just taking care of you guys. You guys, guys work hard. And if you are a team that is paying for Wi-Fi and someone accidentally pays for it, then you reimburse them. And another point here. Carrie, I have finally found the perfect way for this show and for you specifically to finally get onto TikTok. There okay. is a TikTok thing going around right now where a guy, where a, uh, a, a 
just a creator was talking about an argument he's been having with a friend where you get in a great offensive line, you get whatever team you want. Can an average Joe throw for 10 yards in an NFL game? And 10 the, yards? And for 10 yards. And just the, 10 yards? No screens or shovel passes. And you got to throw the ball 10 yards. The, can you complete a pass for 10 yards? Okay. And the majority of people responding to this TikTok are saying, yes, they absolutely could. Kerry Davis, you played running back in the NFL. Could you oh. step on there as a quarterback and complete a 10 yard I pass? I can complete a 10 yard pass. I, I I mean, I would know where the ball needs to go. I would know. I I, I got a decent arm. I'm not I'm not Joe Montana or anything, but I I'm okay. Okay, what about average Joe? How's he doing? Um, I don't know. I I've seen some. Here's the thing, Rock. I, I watch a lot of basketball. I've seen some average Joes try to take free throws, and they don't turn out well. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you give me a hundred average Joes, I would say a few of them could complete a ten yard pass, but. The majority of people who have not participated in – we're talking about like former high school athletes at some yes. point. Yes. Then yes. But if we're talking – yeah. Because the DB – I mean, you got to know where the ball needs to go, obviously. But you can you can complete a, 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 a route over the middle to a tight end. Something short, simple. A five-yard hitch could turn into a 10-yard you know, uh, completion. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. think so. I mean, I mean, you're the NFL player, so I'll take your opinion for it. I, all I know is I Versus saw this going NFL, around. It, but here's the problem you run into. So if they know it's not <laughs> Patrick Mahomes under center, you probably are going to have some 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 uh, some corners pressed up, going to be playing a little bit closer. And so now that, that cushion that would have allowed you to have that five-yard hitch, uh, you're going to have to – Carry. Squeeze it in there. Hopefully, you've got to get some good some get some good receivers that can make some uh, contested catches. You're you going to give so many idiots just so much hope. Well, I think ah. there should be like an average Joe. I feel like every pro team should do this or league ah. have like an average Joe game at least like once a year. So against that, professionals, against professionals, <laughs> so that you want you, people to die. I want to, pro- to prove a point because how many people are like, oh, why are they doing this? Why are they, you know what I'm saying? And so that you can prove, okay, then we can go back to the tape of the average Joe versus pro yeah. game and you can see, no, you're there, not going to do There's not well. enough there's like insurance. 10, there's like 10,000 mirror videos on this one and most of the people are saying they could. So Yeah, there's not enough insurance for, for uh, your <laughs> thought, Brooke. The people would be broke up, literally broken body parts, you know, <laughs> all over the place. Can you imagine? Come on, man. You want to play middle linebacker? Larry Allen used to do a choo-choo train as he was about to run block versus other NFL players. <laughs> yeah, that was what is he going to do versus a person that does not play in the NFL? Uh, yeah, that's going to be great. It's going to be pain. Yeah, me versus Patrick Peterson, I don't think it's going to go Good well luck. for me. That's all Good I'm saying, Kerry Davis. Yeah. Good luck. I want to give you one other quick travel story, pro sports. Derek Coleman was playing for the then New Jersey Nets in the mid-90s, and they got a new coach. I think it was Butch Beard, and he had a dress code where he had to wear a jacket and tie on the plane. First game, Coleman wears sweats. Fine. Second game, it's a trip. <laughs> Coleman wears sweats. Fine. He And he gets money taken out of his check. The third trip, he hops on the plane, sweats, Drops a fifty thousand dollar check on Butch Beard's lap and said, "I'm good for the season." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what the coach was going for. I don't think so either. Trying to get everybody to abide by. That's when you got to pull them in the side. Hey, hey, this is not about the money, man. Just yeah. do right. what we're asking you to do, please. Yeah, it should be. Yep. Great job today by our producer engineer Matthew Rocky. Only because I won. <laughs>
Look at John. See, Ray, yes. you, you make the collusion text just just multiply 10x every time you do it like that. Pleasure. Did we get John again yeah. tomorrow to, to go against Randy? Since no, he, he's nah. done. No, he's Randy, done. Randy, Randy. Randy's always had a very hard fast rule. You miss you miss the call. You miss the chance. Ah, yeah, okay. you do. Yes, yeah. wonder. XFL Brooke, great job. Yes, I'm. I'm excited. I, you guys can't see. I have an XFL hat on, so I'm ready for this weekend, and I'm ready for City SC this weekend. Yeah, the Grim Reaper is ready. Indeed. Uh, CD, this was fun. <laughs> and we appreciate all of you uh, tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at seven. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.